Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. And I'm the grumpy bear of this podcast. Even though I like this movie quite a bit. And there are some other guys with us. I'm Ian and Alex. <laughs> and I'm Joseph. <laughs> uh, and I'm Britton. As promised, we have our epic all-star lineup. That's for... true. You, Alex, yeah. you, you could almost say that we... Um, assembled. Brought together? We brought no. together. <laughs> I kept. I, that's better. I, I don't know why. I almost was like, resemble... That doesn't work. We revengered our way <laughs> into this. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. The gang's all together. We're all here. We went back in time to where we each met each other and assembled ourselves together to do this podcast. Guys, we need to start recording again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> oh, dear. no. What movie are we talking uh, about? Yeah, this week we are talking about Avengers Endgame. Correct. Uh, finally. Long, long awaited. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I was, uh, Avengers Endgame from 2019 Directed by the Russo Brothers It has a 94% critic score On Rotten Tomatoes And a 91% audience score Wow, I would not have expected that, that For the critics to be higher than the audience mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting Yeah, I'm not sure why that is I mean, obviously 91 is still very positive I, I shouldn't say this, but I do wonder If it's if it's like oh. The, oh. No, no, like the He's people, about to be bad <laughs> Like the people who got who freaked out about Captain Marvel and they're yeah. like spamming negative uh, reviews. Sure. It's like Captain Marvel shows up and ruins this movie. Yeah, yeah. that's even not though, impossible. Even though her her screen time is minimal and it's perfectly fine and awesome. Britain, hi. Talk about your love of this movie and uh, then and then get into your best and worst. Yeah. Things. Now also we should establish you just saw this. I did. I watched, I finished it yesterday. Yes. I watched an hour of it uh, the night before and was like, yeah, cool. This is good. I'm enjoying it. And then I, with the intention of watching just one hour the following day, I proceeded to vibrate for two hours, essentially. <laughs> just like, this is... The, ah! uh, yeah, I really loved it. I thought it was fantastic. Um, oh, had you seen Infinity War before? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. How, how do you feel about Infinity War? Because you weren't there for that. I really like Infinity War. Okay. Uh, so I went through a period of time where I was very jaded about the MCU. Not because of the movies themselves. I just happened to be around a lot of people who were very annoying about Marvel movies. And I worked at a job where I was flooded with Marvel all the time. And it was just... It, 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 I connoted it with stress more than anything else. And I got really frustrated because I felt like I knew a lot of people who were like, Oh yeah, I love movies. But then they would only talk about the MCU or superhero movies. And it was like... Right. That's great if that's your gateway, but there's so much out there. Like, all of these actors have done other things. Like, obviously, yeah, these movies are awesome, but, like, look beyond them. And so once I had a break from that, I was like, yeah, you know, I need to watch Thor Ragnarok and Infinity War. And I did, and I, I love both of those movies. I thought Ragnarok is – and I actually rewatched Ragnarok a few nights ago, and it just – it's so good. And, and Infinity War really – and even going into Infinity War knowing everything that happened – I found myself still very touched by it, and, and I thought it was really, really well done. Much the same with Endgame. In Endgame, I knew less. I knew the big events, but I didn't know about a lot of small details, and I'm really glad I didn't because it was mm-hmm. really thrilling. And I wish I knew even le- not known even less, but that's fine. Uh, but, so my best thing or worst thing? My best thing, there's a lot of them. I'm going to kind of try to winnow it down essentially to say a combination of Chris Hemsworth and Paul Rudd. Who both of whom okay. I thought, because obviously Downey and Evans are 
top. I mean, they're fantastic. You have a lot of great. I mean, everyone is good in this. But I thought that crawl him, spot. Crawl. Sorry, it took me like a good a good ten seconds to come up with that, but I needed to. <laughs> crawl him, spud. I'll, I'll, that's something, and I'll get there. <laughs> I think it sounds like one of Thanos's like general. Sure. This sure. is Proxima Midnight, Corvus Glaive, and crawl him, spud. <laughs> no, um, but I, I felt like those two, especially Paul Rudd, obviously is great with the comedy sure. and everything. But I thought that whole scene where he's reuniting with his daughter is mm-hmm. so good. And he's playing so many different levels of that at like the relief of her being alive and the shock at her being older. And just he's trying to, he's having to grasp so many things and he's capturing all of it really beautifully. And Hemsworth, I thought, just really killed it in this. I mean, these movies have gotten better and better at knowing what to do with Thor and with Chris, Chris Hemsworth. And part of that is they've made him more and more Norse. Like, in mm-hmm, this movie, mm-hmm. they full-on give him random braids, mm-hmm, which is mm-hmm. very Norse. Uh, Norse mythology, I mean. And he's getting more and more to be, like, a Norse god and less, like, a superhero, which I think is really interesting. As someone who's a big Norse mythology buff. and um, I, But I loved how Hemsworth played the regret and the guilt and the shame. And, like, how at the beginning when he chops off Thanos' head, he was like, I, 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 went, I went for the head. And it, it wasn't, like, a tough guy line. It was right. like... I fixed it, right? I did okay, right? I don't have to hate myself, right? But obviously that's not what happens. And I, I thought that these are both actors with a lot of depth and range, and this movie really let them explore that. Obviously they're both very funny actors as mm-hmm. well. But it, it made me go, I want to see both of them in like a, like just a straight drama. Like when I saw Krampus and Adam Scott was not doing jokes in that movie, I was like, he's, he's great in dramas. Let him do non-comedy stuff. He's awesome. Right. Um, so I, I thought th- those two really stuck out to me because I was getting to see something different from both mm-hmm. of them. My worst thing would be, and I, I know that we are in a fantasy land. This is a make em up superhero action. I know it's all, you suspend your disbelief. But there's a threshold every time a movie asks you to suspend your disbelief. Mm-hmm. And that movie hit that threshold when it told me that Jeremy Renner could beat Hiroyuki Sanada in a fight. <laughs> And that happened, and I said, more like Kevin Leige, I, I threw my popcorn across the, and I said, that is the Twilight Samurai, sir. And I just, I was just so irked. The best part is, that's the second time he's been killed in a Marvel movie, yes. because Hugh Jackman also killed him in the Wolverine. He is, he is in the Wolverine, and The Last Samurai, and Westworld, and all these great, he's an awesome yeah. actor. My hope is that this is a tease for a character we will see later, because you don't bring in Hiroyuki Sanada, who's like a big name in Japan and is very notable to American act, uh, American audiences, to be like in one movie where Jeremy Renner's like, I'm sad about stuff. And then to just like kill you. Come on. Yeah. Ugh. That's the worst thing. <laughs> All right. Sanada should be in more movies. <laughs> who's next? I guess I'll go. go. That, was, that was very interesting. Thank you for sharing, Brent. <laughs> uh, my best thing about this movie was just how unabashedly fan service it is. Yep. Um, I'm not going to lie. That's probably the reason why I love it as much as I do. It just kind of gets all those moments in where you, you've been waiting 10 years to see it and it finally happens. Um, I mean like Captain Holding Mjolnir or the Avengers Assemble, they finally say it. Mm-hmm. Um, just everything like Captain fighting himself. Just, it, yeah. it, it's, it's all just really cool to me and I was just excited to see it all. 
And it's um, all done effectively, too. It's not just right. like, oh, here's that thing you wanted. It feels like they actually tried to go, but how do we do the best version of that? And it's not all out of, like, it's surprising, basically. Yeah, like, yeah. it's not just completely, like, I don't know. Cap makes out with Bucky. <laughs> like, it's not, <laughs> you know, it's not like, they don't they don't go for... Wait, you missed that part? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they don't go for, like, a lot of that sort of... It's not fan servicey in the way that you would see a lot of, like... The, maybe the on-like movie would be like, this is how I would write this movie. It's very creative, and they yes. do a lot of fun moving around with different parts, and, and we'll get into it all. But Yeah, I agree. Now, I do, now the scene where Captain makes out with Bucky, I did see that scene, but it was on my computer, uh-huh. and I had to like verify my age before I watched sure. it. That was interesting. And also, I don't think they were wearing the same kinds of costumes. It looked a lot more like cobbled together, like the budget got dropped for that sure. one scene. Sure. Resh- reshoots, I guess. Yeah. I did make the joke when we started watching when... Uh, they're like in the spaceship waiting to go and fight Thanos. Uh, Chris Evans, he pulls out the compass and it's it's Peggy's picture. I'm just imagining this like a deleted scene of him pulling it out and putting Bucky's picture on it. <laughs> no, but I, I agree. I think that the, the fan service is really well balanced yeah. to where, one, they, they, they did it well. And also, it did, it, I could tell it was fan service, but it still worked in the movie. It right. didn't feel like, right. oh, we got to just have him say this thing so yeah. that people won't. Well, they really earned it. They really, yeah. really earned it over all the years that they've been building up to this. And it was an incredible theater experience. Oh, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Just everyone around you freaking out. And it was just really cool. Um, yep. Okay, and then my worst thing is, uh, I got to be honest, whenever I watch this movie, I have this bad habit of wanting to get to the end. Mm. Because of just how exciting the end is. And, and, the begin- and obviously, the beginning of the movie is great. Um, I mean, I was talking with Alex, and he says, honestly, he thinks the strongest part of it is the beginning. I think overall, the, the opening act, pretty much all the way through them beginning to start planning the time travel, I think all of that is the best on a story level. Mm. Right. And, and but, be, but because of that, me wanting to get to the end, it, it's, it's honestly more of a personal problem. It's not even really a problem with the movie. I guess I'm just too excited about the end. That's my worst thing. I feel you. When I when I finish, I was like, I'm gonna rewatch that final fight mm-hmm. right sure. before I rewatch sure. the whole movie. I'm sure. just gonna skip ahead to whatever point. Yeah, that's fair. All right, I'll go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I apparently I'm the downer on the movie, Correct. even though like I have plenty of problems with it, but I do really like it. Yeah, like I really like it. No, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, you know, I, I just want to get that out of the way b- before Joseph starts pouncing on me with every minor little criticism I might have. I understand. <laughs> he says as he pulls his bat cowl <laughs> over his face. No, it, it is funny because I compare this a lot to The Dark Knight Rises, where mm. I think it's good enough. Um, I, I know. Sorry, is, sorry, yeah. sorry. Well, uh, well, a lot of people, not necessarily me, yeah. now that I'm thinking about it, a lot of people at the time with Dark Knight Rises, they're like, it's fine, it's good enough. For an ending to this trilogy. Right. Um, and I, I feel similar to this in terms of I think it works very well on, on wrapping up a lot mm-hmm. of the characters and stuff. I just think the story is a little clunky in certain places. Um, there's a lot of cool fan service moments, but there's a little bit too much in my opinion. And I think, it, you know, it's a tightrope to, to walk when, when it's like, oh, we've earned like a celebration movie. But we still have to make sure we're telling a story at the same time and not just halting every five minutes for fan service. Um, I think the movie nails that pretty well. Um, I don't know. I I have problems. It's it's also, I think, because it is very much part two. Yes. um, Of of that story. Like, I remember, I I compared it a lot to 
The Walking Dead season finale where Negan shows up, mm-hmm. and then the season mm-hmm. premiere that answers all that. And I won't go into spoilers, but there is a big cliffhanger at the end of that season premiere that was very upsetting because I was like, I waited this whole season for a cliffhanger? What are you doing? But then once I saw the second piece and I saw the whole story, I thought, oh, that was really well done, and, I, and I'm glad they did it that way. This, I feel, was... I, I didn't... I, I felt like Infinity War was more satisfying than that, but... But yeah, I had to do that a few times watching Endgame and go, this is very much Infinity War Part 2. Like, this is not... Which, the Roosters will tell you, is not the intention. They will say they mm. are two distinctly different movies, and you should sure. be able to treat them kind of on their own. And then they'll say, just like we're two distinctly different brothers with our <laughs> own bedrooms and our own personalities. <laughs> hmm. Same house, though. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, Dark Knight Rises. Obviously, I, I love that movie to death. But yeah. I can easily point out like all the problems I have with it, and and I think I sit at a B minus with that on the Probably. score sheet, something like that. Um, so, having all that being said, um, my best thing is going to be the funeral for Tony Stark. Mm. I think that is a moment that always gets me. Sure, mm-hmm. and I've watched this movie five, six times. Wow. I think that says something that I've yeah, I've watched sure. it that many times. Sure. Um, that's, and you know, despite me being kind of, you know, nonplussed by Alan Silvestri's score, at least compared to y'all, um, aside from the actual Avengers theme, I think the the score that plays for for his funeral is actually yes. very powerful. And it's just, I was looking at it on a very meta level when it's just it, first off we show that, you know proof that Tony Stark has a heart and that callback to the first Iron Man yeah. movie is just goosebumps every time. Yes, mm-hmm. it's good stuff. Um, but then it pans over and we see all these characters that have been inspired or that they're somehow related to Tony Stark and it's like oh this is like this is everything that has come from this one movie from ten years ago yeah. well, and, and the kid from Iron Man 3 is there yes. yeah. and I, I remember like a lot of people being confused by that and I was the one guy in the theater going it's the kid from <laughs> Iron Man 3 yeah my one issue with that was I was like Michael Douglas do not wear sunglasses to this funeral it's not that bright outside no one else needs them you are not that cool that's fair he's just crying so much yeah you're right I'm just very sad about my friend Tony (laughs) even though I don't like the Starks but not just the the funeral but also when it cuts to um, Clint and Wanda talking about Vision and Black Widow being gone that yeah. that scene I found to be very just that that whole stretch of movie I'm like all right, sure you got me, yeah. <laughs> you got me, um, and then also I, I'm I'm gonna have two two best things technically, I guess dual um, best things the the Avengers sign off at the end and and kind of having the roll mm-hmm. call mm-hmm. with everyone is is just delightful um, I I'll talk about my my problems that come with that and having like. This is like the the definitive end for these six characters, and we're having the actors sign off. It's not really the ending for some of them, but we'll get into that. Um, but yeah, that's just having having the the bombastic Avengers theme playing pretty much any time that plays. They've they they've drilled it into our heads, so now it's like Pavlov's dog. Every time you, you get the goosebumps, you get yep. excited for yep. it. Um, so yeah, I'll. I mean, if, if nothing else, despite all my problems with the movie, the ending section really, really lands. Yeah. So, um, my worst thing, I, I was having to think about this because really, 
I have a lot of nitpicky problems with the movie. Yeah. Um, I think overall, structurally, it works very well, mm-hmm. even though mm-hmm. it's kind of three distinct sections. Yeah. Um, That's what I liked about it, yeah. Well, I-, I prefer Infinity War. I like how it's kind of just one very tight story that's mm. just spanning across these three different settings. Yeah. Um, so it's just personal preference. Yeah. Uh, so I was having to think of how much of this is just oh, that's a little thing that I would like to change versus, is this an actual problem for the story? Gotcha, yeah. Um, I think the only plot element that I think is is actually kind of weak is getting 2014 Thanos involved in the plot and ne- mm. Nebula from the future getting captured. Right. I think all of that is very weak and semi-flimsy, but we gotta get uh, 2014 Thanos involved somehow. Right, right. Um... I, I do really like the fact that they open the movie by killing off Thanos. I think that's actually a really brave, mm-hmm. exciting choice. Yeah. Because very immediately, like five minutes into the movie, you're going, I have no idea where this is going now. Yeah. Yes. Um, so that's really exciting. But Nebula gets frozen right as War Machine time travels away. And I feel like the scene should just cut there in terms of, oh, she got frozen. They mm-hmm. capture her. Um, I think the the... the whatever link OS system connection between her between the two nebulas mm-hmm. eh I mean I think the idea is just they're using the same general probably not radio waves but like oh I, I, I know what the movie's saying okay. I just think as a plot device eh would you feel better if it cut right there and then it was just well let me go into further okay. into what my problem is and this is knowing some behind the scenes stuff because she then goes, she gets, like, unfrozen. She runs over to the ship, and she's like, Barton, Natasha, Thanos, he knows what's going on. He's he's coming for y'all. Yeah. There's an alternate version of the Morag scene with with Natasha and Clint where Thanos' goons attack them. But obviously that doesn't happen in the cut we get. So it's just very weird that we have that element. Right. And the whole time I'm going, why doesn't she just time travel away? And I keep asking that until old or younger Nebula, older Nebula gets confusing. Until twenty fourteen, Nebula steals the time travel device from mm-hmm. her. Right. The whole time I'm going, just time travel away. Yeah. What are you doing? Well, you can make the argument that because of the fact that even though it's a different context, the fact that that scene is still in the movie means that she is worried about Clint and Natasha, and therefore she's trying to warn them. And then I believe she gets captured in like that same scene. Yeah, but she doesn't get, like, frozen. I think her right. ship gets sucked right. away, and I'm like, you could still time travel. Yeah, like, it's true. I don't know. Uh, I feel like they could have just cut after she gets frozen the first time. It's like, oh, she was just paralyzed until Thanos' right. goons grabbed her. Um, yeah, I just think that's a very weak element that they didn't tighten up correctly if they were reshooting stuff. Yeah. Um, I think that's the one plot element in the movie that I think is, is not handled very well and that's mostly like i said we really just need some excuse for 2014 thanos to get involved in into the plot that way he can get time traveled into the future right um yeah long-winded but that's my worst thing. I, I think you have a point i think that might be maybe the only part of the story where they went okay we just need this thing to happen so let's find a way we, to we get need a, there. we need a couple of gimmies yeah, as opposed yeah. to every, a lot of the other points were like well we know we want oh this is what will happen here and mm-hmm. they can put a little more thought into it and Right. How to work those different, you know, fights or moves or lines into it. Right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, 
I could go a few different ways with my my best thing. Um, I had considered literally just the decision to have the opening five ten minutes be everybody's back. We figured out where Thanos is. We're going to find Thanos. Uh oh, the stones are gone. We kill them. What are we gonna do now? And then specifically, I remember that five year later jump. Like I remember watching that for the first time in the entire theater, just being like, <gasps> like what's happening? Yeah. Um, and I think my my bigger overall point. Uh, as far as my best thing is kind of tying into that is the fact that the movie is about and and from a very early point decides this is what they're going to do the movie is about bringing back the people that were snapped not about actually fixing the timeline or going back in time or it's it's not about they keep the consequences they keep yes, the five years yes it's not about like fixing the the past so that everything's fine again it's about adjusting to the future and and sort of overcoming the problems to create a future that is still good it's very different and very weird and a lot of people did suffer because of it and a lot of people died because of it even though they do bring back everyone who is at least snapped specifically Mm -hmm. um but i think that's such an interesting not just for like the status quo of the mcu going forward but such a great like thematic way to show like have this movie play out in terms of the fact that these heroes are kind of all about coming back from loss like yeah. it's, it's about getting knocked down and you know the uh i can do this all day you know it's it's they keep fighting and that's i think a very interesting great choice i think it makes the middle section with the time travel a it makes the, the time travel a lot easier to pull off and a lot easier to stomach uh in the sense that that's usually a thing that is very difficult in blockbuster movies yeah i um Despite my reservations about them using time travel in the first place, mm-hmm. I think this is one of the overall best uses of time travel and being able to explain it in a way that makes sense yes. in any time travel movie. Yes, 100%. Yeah. Um, and so, because yeah, because of the way they set up the plot, it's about we're using stuff from the past to you know kind of improve the future, not so much we're actually just creating a new timeline and we're just going to live there now. You know, it's... it's I think it's it's a just really interesting place that I really wasn't expecting them to go with it. I kind of, I kind of kept expecting them at some point to, I don't know, try and undo everything. Yeah. Um, what we can get into like more of the specifics of the movie, but I I just think that's an awesome way to take it. And of course, obviously that makes it super powerful with the fact that the reason they do that is largely based on the fact that Tony has a daughter during that time period and the emotion of the fact that he sacrifices himself for her. And you know, it's, that's, it's also good. Um, he can rest now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, worst thing was, probably it's something that you are going, you being Alex, there are four of you here, I apologize, um, are going to bring up... Resident critic of the Resident Avengers critic. Game. The, yes. You are probably going to bring up anything that I would say anyway, um, because I think, I mean, in terms of, for example, the, the Nebula plot element, you know, there there's some things uh, there that I think are iffy um just like little logical jumps i think my biggest overall thing is just that i wish we'd gotten a little bit more discussion on the time travel mechanics gotcha um yeah i agree specifically something that we we were talking about while we were watching this was the uh sort of the purpose of the different time travel vehicles in terms of like the platform versus the pin particles versus the actual like watch things they're using to travel around and the suits and it's it's and kind of vague uh, i think luis's van yes yeah. yeah and i think ultimately after this is probably the 
fourth time I've seen this, something like that. Um, I think ultimately I've, I've gotten to where I'm pretty comfortable with, like, I think this is what we're supposed to take away and what the movie's trying to tell us in terms yeah. of how all that works, um, which we can get into. We can have a fun segment about time travel. I'm sure that'll be good. Um, but I think that ultimately that is where I kind of have some... I, I would like them to explain a little bit what it all means um, because there are it does bring up some questions about, like, how did they manage to do certain things? Um, but yeah. I want to talk about haircuts. <laughs> I didn't I, like. I, I was I was hoping somebody would. I didn't like Hawkeye's haircut in this movie. <laughs> I didn't like. I don't think anybody likes his his haircut but, in this but, movie. But that that's where I model my hair. From. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, but you're you you have the head shape for it. <laughs> and you got all that cool gel in it, so like individual like, spikes. Like one of the one of the the cone people from SNL. Is that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you look like that the uh, Zed from Lollipop Chainsaw. Ah, yeah. okay, yeah. okay, that makes me feel better. That's a reference we can all enjoy. Um, <clears throat> not esoteric at all. Uh, and I, I thought Robert Downey Jr. with the blonde hair looked silly. <laughs> um, Chris Evans has great hair in this movie. Mm-hmm. Brie Larson. At first, when I saw the short hair, I was like, "Okay, it looks a little forced." But then when she came back at the end, I went, "That's sexy as hell." I take it <laughs> <laughs> no, never mind. This is like the best. Uh, this is the best part of the movie. That's the best part of the movie. Well, it's it's a good part of the movie. I was gonna say, do we want to just go ahead and get the Captain Marvel element of it out of the way, especially because we I guess, did that yeah, a we, couple yeah, weeks we, ago? We're kind of just coming off. I thought she was. I mean, I, I liked it. I, I could tell that they had filmed this before her movie because she seemed a little like she seemed stiff. Yeah, a little like okay. I have a basic concept of this woman, yeah. but like. Also, what am I doing? Like, what are the no. events of this? Her suit is CG throughout the whole thing, apparently. Oh. Well, they're probably... Because she's doing a lot more... She's not doing as much, like, walking around it's and mostly just... mostly just her yeah. flying. Yeah. yeah. I think... I, I mean, I feel like she's used quite well in the beginning, where it's basically... She's like, all right, let's go kill Thanos. What are we doing? Let's, well, let's go. I, I like how, and, how it's, it's almost like this promise of, like, oh, she's going to be the deus ex machina. Yes. She, she, can, yeah. she can easily take him out. She's the solution. And it's like, oh, no, it ain't that easy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I did, um, my two favorite things involving her in this were when he headbutts her and she doesn't move. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. That became, like, literally after that I was like, my new mantra is if life headbutts you, just pretend to <laughs> Captain Marvel. If the Thanos that is life. Exactly. Because <laughs> I mean, she just does not blink. But was was the, and I, there's a, Tyler might be able to help me with this, there is a, a term for, like, a lot of Marvel f- female Avengers in the series, like them teaming up and they have a team name or something. Do you know what I'm talking about? I feel like I do, but yeah, I, cannot I can't remember. It. It's not X Force, but I mean, it's something. Yeah. Ooh, I can't. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yes, uh, yeah. But that moment we'll check the in, in the movie, I found so cool and satisfying. Uh, is it? It's not A Force, is it? Is Maybe it is A Force. No, it is. Okay, it's A Force. Okay, it's A-Force. Yep. okay. okay. Yeah, the A Force moment when and it was like it's A and some generic term after it. Because <laughs> it's such a... as are all superhero it, teams. <laughs> correct. It was A Quantum. We're not the pre-Avengers. <laughs> yeah. But it was such a great, like, um, callback to She's Not Alone, I think, from the... Was that what Charlotte Hanson said in Infinity War when they're fighting Proxima yes. Midnight? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which is Latin for Almost Midnight. I don't think I even made that connection that that's a callback. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then it's also just, like, 
again, it's total. I mean, it's fan service in, in the best way. It's like all these women teaming up and doing this awesome thing. I will say, I feel like the all of them showing up in that frame together is a little more powerful than actually like the fight that follows. Right, right. Because Captain Marvel just blew up a ship just, and just, just kind of like torpedoed yeah, through. Yeah, Valkyrie taking down the big worm thing is pretty good. Yes, because Tessa Thompson's awesome. Yeah, and she's riding like a Pegasus. Yeah. what a great movie. Yeah. But I mean, I, but during the movie, like I totally teared up during the funeral and and a lot of stuff there towards the end. But it was after the fact, like walking around my kitchen, like making dinner, just kind of thinking about the movie. When I when I thought about them saying, "Oh, she'll have help," and then all teaming up, that was when I like had to cover my face for a minute because like I got like post teary. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah. it was remembering that that I went, "Oh, my bo- oh man, that's good." I think it's a moment I like a lot more in theory than I do the actual execution. Hmm. Um, there's mainly just two things to it. Number one, like Tyler said, Captain Marvel doesn't need help. She can just fly right. through, so... They do They do help distract Thanos while mm. as she tries to get it to the truck. And, yeah, so there and, is and, they, and they do help, like, clear some of the yeah. bits up right, the way. Right. But, but it's just, it's very weird just in terms of what you're trying to communicate to the audience. She just came... She yeah, basically yeah. just saved the day. She doesn't... I don't know. Sure, sure. It's, it's weird. And then also the fact that Black Widow's not there, and... We can talk about Black Widow in a little bit. I'm not very enthused by how she's handled in the movie. Um, that being said, I was I was sort of in agreement with you, but then I, that connecting the fact that that was actually a callback yeah. does actually make that. But it's just strange. Way that better for me. <laughs> she's like the first real female like action hero in this series, mm-hmm. and the fact that she's not there is just very strange to me. Sure. Um, and there's not, there's not. Oh, what did you do? It's... <laughs> okay. So, so somebody's charger was placed. I guess that was mine. It was placed on top of the button, and I don't know how there was extra pressure added to it. Come on, Alex. I gotta cut all this out because I'm definitely gonna do that. I can do it every time. You always. Can just, you can just play the, the paint. kazoo of interest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're yeah. doing such good jokes over it. <laughs> um. But yeah, it's, it's strange that you are doing this wonderful uh, female Avenger team-up without the first female well, Avenger. So, so in Infinity War, who is it that says she's not alone? Or Black Scar- Widow. I think... And then, Black, and then, Black Widow is getting attacked. Or not. I think Scarlet, 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 Scarlet Witch is yeah. getting attacked. Can't hold the name. Scarlet Witch gets attacked, and then Black Widow says she's not alone. And then, and then it's... And Okoye. Yeah. And then it's Okoye, Okoye who mm-hmm. says it in Endgame, correct? Yeah. Does yeah, she, she say she's mm-hmm. not alone, or does or she, she says say, she'll have help? She'll have help. She okay. she has the the line, yeah. the call, but she has the version of that line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's her saying it because Denai Guerrero gets the one line in this movie, right? Right, and it's a great a great line. Denai Guerrero is awesome, right? But. Pretty sure she gets like three because she talks about the uh, the earthquakes. Oh, yeah. oh, oh good point. True. That's a good point. <laughs> Come on, man. fully redeemed. Now, I, I, I think <laughs> I heard a, a version of the charge where Nebula gets. Yeah, this was so, someone. Yeah, I think you brought it up to me. Someone, um, I cannot remember who. Someone was was making an, an argument for this on some YouTube video somewhere. Uh, credit to that person, whoever they may be. Um, was, it, was it Nando V Movies? Probably something like that. Um, Nando V Movies, a deleted Star Wars character. <laughs> <laughs> he runs a car dealership this, on Coruscant. This is a this is a, a real YouTuber, and I, it, it very well might have been talking about the the possibility of. Having Nebula be the one running the gauntlet at the end, which is a neat idea. Um, you know, we we can we can get into that uh, into any alternate um, 
ideas we have for it later. But um, I just figured I brought it up. I was just, uh, <laughs> revisit it. No. Um, okay. But uh, I think Captain Marvel is utilized about as well as she could be, considering she's been shoehorned in this at the last minute. Yeah. Um, I do like that the focus is not solely on her. They they give her a couple of token moments to shine, but she is not the one that comes in and beats the bad guy. Yes. Right. Much like most of the characters in this. Um, yeah. yeah, and and because it's, and I feel like that that relay race. I understand, like, okay, Hawkeye hasn't been here for a while, so here's his cool moment. Black Panther and Spider-Man are these huge characters yeah. who, yeah, they're going to get sequels and stuff, but, like, they need to have these spotlight moments in this movie. So here, and, mm -hmm. like, T'Challa going, I'll take it, and then just, like, messing people up yes. as he goes through is so good. Also, it's just delightful that we brought up Spider-Man not being in the MCU with the Shazam episode, which was released Literally. the day <laughs> of them announcing, oh, he's got a couple more movies in the MCU, so... All right, is it, is it, we don't have to be sad about it anymore. Is it a I, I thought it was just one more. I believe it's, it's one Spider-Man movie and then one MCU yes. movie. So I think it's technically two. Yay, 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 yay. <laughs> of course, we'll release this and be like, no, they backtracked. Yeah, for right, sure. Because <laughs> that's the way this works. Yeah, sure. yeah. But um, but I, I, I understand why it was those two. And then I, So I wonder why, unless they were just anticipating, well, the Captain Marvel movie is going to have such a huge effect that people want to see Captain Marvel have this big moment. Because that very much felt like that relay race was a mar was a was a fan service marathon, mm -hmm. and again, and a, like fan service in this episode is a positive thing. We are not using that yeah. as a yeah. critique critical word. Well, yeah, because to to jump on that real quick, like fan service is generally. I mean, I I don't know if it was originally coined as a positive or negative thing, um, but it is very much a, a negative thing that people bring up now, where they're like, oh, any any time writers give some the fans what they want. It's wow, you're like this gets thrown a lot at the new Star Wars movies yeah. for like using the same like ships as the old, and I'm like, what? Let's they're talking about Star I, Wars. I know, but like, and there's this Star Wars is not the only example, but that comes. But up, it's a good example of what you're talking. Yes, it comes up a lot where I personally never really agree with that because I think if you're giving the fans what they want, maybe you're doing the right thing. Like, yeah, it, I mean, yeah. it's one thing, I guess, if it. You know, the, the argument in, in many cases for that would be like, oh, it's getting in the way of the, the story or whatever. You're, you know, you're not actually earning, yeah, earning it or what have you. Or you're pandering, rather. If anything has ever earned the, the right to spend two hours of a movie basically just celebrating their legacy and history and, and just yeah. celebrating everything, it's the past decade of 20-plus Marvel movies yeah. that have built up to this point in such an impressive way. Like, yeah. I just, I'll hear, you know, arguments about, oh, well, that's, that fan service moment is too, you know, on the nose or whatever, and, and a lot of other things. I, I don't think it applies at all to this. I think this is such a, you know, celebration lap of this yep. this franchise. One, I think with the, every fan service moment, it either diegetically works within mm -hmm. the thing. And if it ha and I can't think immediately think of any that aren't aside from just like a joke or something. But those jokes land; those yes. moments work. Like the, it never felt like shoehorned. It never felt like pandering. It felt like a celebration of, like you said, a celebration of the movies, but also a celebration of the fans. Mm -hmm. And some of that involves not just the fans of these movies, but the history of these characters. Yeah, you know the the history of the comics and people who've been reading Marvel comics for such a long time that this is about so much more than that. So so yeah yeah so I. I guess I, I wonder why they chose Captain Marvel as a third person to carry the gauntlet. 
when they were doing all this before the movie, the, her solo movie had come out. Because mm-hmm. they, they made that knowing, oh, Black Panther, we got T'Challa's got to have a spotlight. Spider-Man's got to have a spotlight. Right. And again, I don't know what that who that third character should have been otherwise. Like, right. since our main Avengers had all already... I think, and I think probably part of the inspiration there is to try to... I don't know what they're going to do with Captain Marvel. I don't think they've announced her next movie yet. Have they confirmed? Not specifically. Um, but I think the idea is probably like the next time we get an Avengers movie or you know some sort of uh, form of an Avengers movie, even if it's not necessarily the Avengers, but if we see these characters all team up again, those three are probably going to be like the big, you know, kind of stalwarts because obviously they are fan favorites in general. Um, but also, you know, they've been getting movies recently and they're continuing to try and make movies for them. So I feel like that's probably what the thought process was there. And, uh, yeah. and plus it sets up the, the wonderful, like you're saying, the, the battle with uh, her and Thanos at the end. Um, there's the headbutt moment and you know, it's a great thing because they are able to give her a chance to show. She can totally hold her own here. Um, she just gets knocked out because Thanos pulls the power stone out and punches her in the face and it's mm-hmm. incredible Thanos is so, like we, we rewatched both Infinity War and Endgame leading up to this and Thanos is just such a like does not care he I think I think he has no chill is yeah. is my general vibe from him <laughs> or he has too much chill or, yeah we, could, we couldn't decide yeah. does he he's, have none of the chill or all he's chill. always either just completely like relaxed or he's just wiping the floor with yeah. somebody and it's wonderful when I love that he's a, a, a villain who is Scary because of how calculated he is and how smart he is, but he's just—he's also like a powerhouse. Yes. He's just a giant muscle boy. Yeah. <laughs> like, which and it, which is why like, and I love that so many characters got their licks in. Mm-hmm. Like again, I'm just imagining an album called Purple Muscle Boy. <laughs> I would be a maybe a Megadeth, <laughs> some kind of metal band. Sure, um, sure. Or you know, like all the great ones that I don't even need to go into to prove that. I'm, I'm metal <laughs> <laughs> um, yoink! <laughs> yeah, yoink! That great metal band, that Scooby, that Scooby Doo inspired metal band. Um, but no, but I, I love that so many characters got their licks in. That like Thor got to beat up on him, and Cap got to beat up on mm-hmm. him, and uh, Scarlet Witch got to beat up on him. And it was kind of like in The Walking Dead again, where like Rick gets. I remember there's a point where Rick socks the governor in the face, and it's so satisfying, even though he is not who un, who undoes the governor. Um, but he like he gets in his his punch, which is very satisfying. But it was always believable when Thanos would overpower them, yes. and it never felt like, oh, this is impossible. I don't know. It always felt like the, the stakes were um, believably high without yes. overpowering anybody or underpowering anybody. Because he always he either overpowers them or he outcalculates them in some yeah. way that allows him to either get away from the fight or, or knock them out completely or yeah he finds um, a way like thinking of oh if I just get the power stone then yes. I can just do that yes yeah it's it's very smart uh, action choreography it's, it's smart thinking on mm-hmm. the choreographer's part that, that well it, we still get to see him get the crap kicked out of him by Captain America which is really great yep. mm-hmm. well I, I really appreciate the fact that they show the repercussions of what he did in Infinity War, mm. because a lot of people coming out of that were talking about like, oh, he's like the most sympathetic villain, and I'm on his side, and I believe what he's saying. <laughs> like a lot of people are like, you know, Thanos, he's he's got a point, and yeah, and, you know, he's a, actually a really was a really great speaker. Like he was kind of a great leader when you think about it. And, and the, but the, I mean, he got that whole country to follow him. <laughs> 
gee, I, I don't think I'm talking <laughs> about Thanos anymore. <laughs> but the movie cuts after the five years. And it's like, no, no, things are worse. Like, yeah. he, he was, let's not forget, he was crazy. <laughs> yeah. He is a mass murderer. <laughs> and then we get to the end of the movie, he's like, you know what? I'm just going to kill you all and recreate everything in yeah. my image. It's yeah. going to be wonderful. Yeah. Just grimaces as far as the eye can see. <laughs> I, I really appreciate that. and they Yeah. Because obviously, as everyone has said, Infinity War is really Thanos' movie. And yes, there is a certain degree of sympathy that they want us to feel for him. And, and him feeling that he has to execute this, this grand master plan, despite it being the most terrible thing ever. Yeah. Um, and then we get to this movie, and it, it doesn't really pull its punches and saying, no, 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 no. He was wrong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and, and I think that Infinity War is, it's almost more about empathy than sympathy. It's more yeah. about understanding his mm -hmm. motivations mm -hmm. than it is about justifying them. Exactly. It's saying, like, no, this guy has a way of thinking, and this is where that came from, and this is what motivates yes. him doing this. And it, it is this kind of, we talk a lot about how a lot of the Marvel movies do tend to have fairly flat villains. But then when they have a like, he's a very rich, interesting villain. Mm -hmm. Yes. Like I, I, I mean, Killmonger. I think the same in Black Panther. Sure. Where he was a character who I went, no, I totally get where you're coming from. And in that final fight between him and T'Challa, I'm like, I totally want T'Challa to win, but like, you're both right. Yeah. Sure. In in your own, at least like, there's a ba the bare bones. Like you know, you're you're both right. <laughs> and I, I, this is I'm rooting for for T'Challa, obviously, but like, it is kind of interesting that you know the the same movies that are like uh, dark elves. <laughs> or also Thanos. Yeah. yeah. Here's Thanos. Well, they've, and we've talked about this before, they've come a long way. Oh, um, oh yeah. Not, I don't know. I mean, we t we were talking about Captain Marvel and the fact that, like, there's not necessarily a clear villain. I mean, there is Yonrog, but, like, yeah. really that movie is more about the scrolls and, mm -hmm. you know, kind of that developing them. Yes. Um, and so, I mean, like you were saying with Killmonger and, obviously, um, Keaton in the first Spider-Man and... There's there's a lot of they've 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 come a long way, mm -hmm. um, and Thanos is definitely their their masterpiece in that regard. Yes, and a lot of their villains, I think, the, the better ones before then, even when they were underwritten, thrived on the charisma of their performance. Yes. Like I loved Jeff Bridges in the first Iron Man, just because mm -hmm. I love Jeff Bridges. Sure, and like I thought James Spader did a really good job as Ultron. Um, but again, you're just looking at like yeah, I like that performer a lot. Right. <laughs> I like what they're they are they are completing this equation. Yes, Kate right. um, Blanchett is tons of fun. Yes, hundred percent. I would like to amend my statement since Britain corrected me. It wasn't sympathy; it was empathy. <laughs> oh no, no, that was sorry. That wasn't me being like, oh, "Well, actually, no, no, sir." No, no, no. no, I'm glad you corrected. People me. from Phoenix are called Phoenicians. No, I'm, I'm glad you corrected <laughs> me because there is a difference between those right. two. Right. I thought they were called uh, dark phoenixes. Ah. <laughs> I'm well, excited uh, to watch that movie. Um, Nobody else is. That's accurate. Where were you, uh, June seventh, twenty nineteen? So, Endgame. Um, <laughs> I don't know where there's just so much like <sighs> Hey, do we hey here's an idea. Do we want to go through this Avenger by Avenger and talk about their storylines? Like That's probably sets? a good way to try to corral. Well yeah. that was one of the things that I was really excited about coming out of Infinity War was that oh, it's the original six. Mm. Yeah. Like there's there's some other characters with them, but it's really going to be about the original six. Um And yeah. really in a way because we were talking about this and, and I know you'll get into your complaints about some of the how not all the original six you think get their kind of fair share. I think it's um, about half half. Right. But my point would be I think the original three specifically, if you're talking about Captain America, Iron Man and Thor. Yes. Um the original three you kind of I mean Hulk I guess counts somewhere in there, but it's 
different actor. It's fine. Um, no one, no one cares about that movie. Uh, the <laughs> the original three, in terms of the three kind of mainstays, the ones that they they sort of built the Avengers movie on top of, and who got their own, actually got their own trilogy first. You know, um, they're the ones that I think the movie is really focused on. Uh, I don't know which one we want to we want to start with, but I feel like that would be a good three to to dive into. Yeah, let's do it. And we'll have a. Well, how much is there to be said about Iron Man? Because I, I no, think I oh, I think there's a ton. <laughs> I would say more, more, more so, meaning that I think his is the one that's handled the best, and I think it's like 100 percent perfect. Yeah, yeah. But we can still talk about why it's perfect. I nominate <laughs> Thor. Oh, all right. To start with, I nominate Thor to start with because yeah. I think he honestly may have had one of the more, in some, I guess some people would say, kind of controversial. Yeah, entries into this because like a lot of people they they saw Fat Thor, and I did not like it the first time I watched it. Right, I, I completely resisted it. I had very mixed emotions on it. Um, maybe it's because I'm weird about people doing that to my heroes, but at the same time, it made so <laughs> much sense. Constructed hashtag not my Thor. <laughs> right, but then like as soon as we start going into the movie and really showing why he's there it, it i think it is a decision that makes a ton of sense do you mean specifically the the physical fatness or his just overall drunken depression everything gotcha. everything kind of because he, he went from ragnarok and being very confident in his direction and all that and then he went into infinity war and got knocked all the way back down to the yes. bottom so it made sense i just i don't know i, I came his, in not his entire it, but arc through Infinity Wars and Endgame, and we'll probably have to mention Infinity War quite a few times, you know, that we're kind of looking at the, the back half of their sort of development through these two movies. His entire deal in, in Infinity War and Endgame where basically in Infinity War, you know, obviously we get the wonderful scene of him talking to, to Rocket about uh, how much he's lost, basically. Like, yeah. he's, he's basically a broken man, and he thought he kind of, he was like, alright, I'm leading Asgard to a glorious new future, and then immediately Thanos just blows it all up. Yeah. And he's like, well all right, I guess I'm going to kill Thanos. <laughs> and, and that's sort of the fact that that is his, his main drive. He's like, I just got to, I just got to beat Thanos. And of course he, you know, is kind of arrogant at the end and he, and he, uh, you know, stops to kind of like gloat over him after he stabs Thanos in the chest with a Stormbreaker, and he stabs him in the chest. He doesn't just try to take out, take him out by hitting him in the head. Um, as Thanos so famously says, mm-hmm. and that continuing to drive him to be like, I, I have to kill Thanos. And then when he actually does it at the beginning of this movie, then it's like, where does he go from here? Because yeah. he's like, oh, all my, my rage and anger and, and thirst for vengeance accomplished absolutely nothing and sort of basically falling back down to everything we've seen in, I mean, not so much the first two Thor movies, but especially in, like, Ragnarok, where, you know, we we see that he is he's a character who's prone to lots of, let's say, mood swings and generally is, you know, not entirely stable most of the time and sort of has this bravado yeah. Uh, that he's petty. Sometimes. Yes, yes, exactly. And so, like seeing him be like, "Oh, all his sort of macho ness has, has fallen apart." Like he's 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 given up on the the veneer of, "Oh, I'm a I'm a big powerful god hero." Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I think all of that is is so well done. I'm gonna hide in my man cave and play. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah. And it was really cool to see him reunite with his mother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And discuss that loss of kind of knowing what he was doing and feeling confident in everything he mm-hmm. was doing and regaining that, especially when he get, whenever he gets Mjolnir back and kind of like realizing I'm still worthy. I'm yep. still 
despite my reservations about his his how they treat Thor in this movie, I think that's that's one of the best moments in the entire yeah. film. Um, yeah, I, I really like where we leave Thor at the end of this. Just, mm-hmm. just, just because Tyler and I, in our discussions about these movies over the course of the podcast, we, we often, when we're specifically talking about Thor, we kind of talk about how it's constantly like a wishy-washy thing of like, oh, they, they want him to be king, and then he decides not to, and it's co- this yeah. constant back and forth. And then you get to this movie, and it's like, oh, that was all... It's almost like they were doing that for a purpose. Yeah. It's like, oh, the, the point is he's supposed to move on beyond that because that's not for him. Right. He's, he's supposed to give it to somebody else who will do a good job. Yes. And then just to go off and do his own thing. Yeah. Yes. Be, be the, the man he should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, or be the man that he is rather than the man that he right. should be. Yes. 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 Yeah, no, that, and that, that is so... Because I, I, I guess Dark World is kind of the popular choice for a lot of people of quote-unquote worst MCU. Mm-hmm. But to see them choose Dark World to be the movie he yes. goes back to and then to wring so much emotion out of yes. that is... Yes. Re- one, it is that, like, how much forethought? <laughs> but it's just really smart of them now to be like, no, there is something there. Yeah, yeah. And also gives Rene Russo a little bit to do, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Well, I will say, if Thor explaining the plot of the Dark World to everybody is... One of the most hysterical things. It's so funny. My maybe my favorite bit of that one he was like Doc L, <laughs> but is is everyone's look like Rocket is rubbing his eyes and everyone's so over it. But Scott Lang is just like grinning, like <laughs> this is so cool. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's so funny. Oh, that's great. Um, Nathor, I think, has had one of the most interesting arcs as a character from his entry movie to Endgame. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I think his movies or his character is getting more interesting. Like I, I joke that it's because he gets more and more Norse. But like <laughs> yeah. Ragnarok is very much about Norse mythology. Like they dig right in. I mean, Ragnarok is a thing, and Surtur and Fenris Wolf and all mm. this. That is great for Norse mythology. Um, maybe in the next one we'll get Jormungandr. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we're not getting. We're, we're not getting the World Snake. <sighs> but it's my favorite character in mythology. I think I just realized they haven't actually gone there yet with him. Yeah, in the movies, mm-hmm. that's that's totally worth it. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, but but I really, but I, I I found that, and a lot of it did come from Ragnarok. But watching Ragnarok and then in game and Infinity War, I was like, oh, Thor might be one of my favorite characters in these movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the large part of that is because they also realized, oh, Hemsworth is so funny, mm-hmm. and he has so much, like, he has so much talent. Because mm-hmm. Hemsworth has had a lot of, he got a lot of movies post Thor that just kind of happened. Yeah. Like black hat, <laughs> and uh, do you remember in the heart of the sea? Yeah. I, I, I want to see it actually, but I haven't seen it. It's all right. But he did this movie called <laughs> Tom Holland's uh, in it. Oh right! But he did this other movie with Ron Howard called Rush, which is apparently the greatest thing ever. Oh, it's quite good, and he's really good in it. That was the movie that made me go, "Oh, he's a pretty good actor." So it's him and Daniel Bruhl. Daniel Bruhl, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and Natalie Dormer is in there for a scene, and other people. But um, but he's he was really good in that. And then like as I watched, kind of. Movies go, oh, he's not just handsome action bruiser boy. Like, mm-hmm. right. he's really funny and charming, and like he's interesting. And I still haven't seen the Ghostbusters that he's in, but apparently he's really funny in that. Um, right. I mean, I think he won a Kids Choice Award for it. And sure, that's, sure. You know, that's definitely a that's a sign of quality. That's yes. a metric right mm-hmm. there. Yes. Look, they don't just give those away. You got to earn those things. You got to earn the slime. Oh, I want a t-shirt, and I want to never hear it again. <laughs> just Alex doing like a little grin, like no teeth. Just, you gotta earn the slime. 
<laughs> uh, look out! Go to here. Here comes the merch. Dot edu. I guess. <laughs> um, we are educational, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, I think I consider us so. Uh, but <laughs> anyway, japes and jests aside, um, I, I do feel like. The more people realize what Chris Hemsworth can do and what Thor can be, he got really interesting and funny and dimensional. Mm-hmm. And this movie, I think, really capped it. And I like that he's one of the characters that we're not done with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I imagine Love and Thunder is going to be him passing. I mean, I know it is Natalie Portman taking over, but I'm. I wonder if because he'll, he'll be in Guardians three too. I'm guessing. I don't know. It's like I wonder uh, if hard to say. I wonder if there are going to be like, all right, Hemsworth is with. Uh, He's with the Guardians now. This is part of it. Or if between Guardians three and Love and Thunder, that'll be his curtain call. Either way, like I'm, I'm happy to see more of, yes, of Thor because he's such an interesting guy. And now because he, they, I don't feel like they wrapped up his story. I feel like they smoothed it out and they said, but now here's who he is. Yeah, so can actually ex- have some fun with that. And if these are his last two movies, he's going to go out as his actual character, right? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which I think is going to be a lot of fun to see. You also, real, real quick, I know you, you have some stuff to say, Alex, but right. I just wanted to get this in real quick. Um, that, uh, in general, you were, you were talking about his braids and everything. That mm. is I, just the coolest look for it's, him. It's very good. Um, I'm, I am partial to short hair, scarry Thor. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. for sure. I mean, especially when he has, like, the, the, the gladiator helmet that turns into the actual, like, mm-hmm. Thor helmet, and they finally figured out a way to get that in. Uh-huh. That's another thing. Um, but in, in this, where he has the braids, and he's got the super long beard, and, like, he's holding both Stormbreaker and Mjolnir, oh, and he's, his, the eyes he are lighting up. He straight out of the Vikings TV yes. show. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's so good. Um, that's all I want to say. That, and, yeah. and obviously where he's, like, a... Let's kill him properly this time. That's oh, that's. And uh, I also, because I wasn't here for it, maybe my favorite moment in Infinity War, like just single moment, is when he oh, arrives yeah. in Wakanda and goes, "Bring me Thanos!" And he's yelling, I, and he's like lightning all over the that place. That may be Alex's favorite moment. I don't anything. think you realize just how many times I've referenced this in the podcast. <laughs> I've watched that clip on YouTube so many times. It's just so, and you got Groot like. That is one of my favorite film moments ever. Yeah, it's just so good because yeah. it is like, oh, we're fine now yeah. we're good we're not actually but, we're not well, no but as far as we know in that moment narrator they I weren't the veneer of us being fine okay right. yeah right. thor just crashing in yeah and again like we're watching ragnarok like that is just such a well it's concert of a movie it's strange because i've talked about my reservations about ragnarok before um and i've also talked about how in infinity war i feel like does a wonderful job not exactly doing the same thing that they were doing in Ragnarok, where Thor is still funny, he's still witty, he still has his his little jokes, but most of the jokes aren't at his expense. Mm. Um, it mostly just comes from a character level of he's just kind of broken. Like, yeah. the, right. the bit where he goes, oh, well, he's never fought me twice. Yeah. Um, it's a wonderful character moment. And in this movie, I feel like they're going back to the Taika Waititi Ragnarok playbook in terms of treating Thor more as a joke. Primarily by making him fat yeah. and using that for a lot of physical humor. Um, and watching the movie, a lot of the jokes are, are pretty funny. Yeah. And I like, I, I really think it's actually a, a, quite a nice moment where, where uh, his mom goes and eat a salad. Yeah. Like, that's actually just a nice little yeah. soft moment. Um, I feel like a lot of the jokes need to be stripped out of the movie for Thor being fat. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that that just didn't sit well with me. The fact that 
this guy is like in such this this really bad place in his life mm-hmm. and he's got all this damage and weight on him and then they just keep making jokes about him being fat like yeah. I, particularly the one that sticks in my, my mind is when they're trying to decide who's going to snap the gauntlet and he's like guys let me do it let me do something let me help yeah, yeah. do you know what's fueling me right now and then once he goes cheese whiz yeah that, that was a weird like oh okay joke yeah uh, and there were a few moments like that where, where the quote-unquote Marvel humor, I hate that term, but yeah. where they, they feel the need to insert a gag where it's like, you didn't really need that yeah. for the scene. Um, yeah, I, I Thor being fat isn't necessarily my problem. I think that's kind of an interesting choice. I would have been perfectly fine if it was just he's drunk and depressed. Yeah. We didn't need the physical transformation, although I get it. Or at least not as exaggerated. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it is a good like design, almost though. It's a great that, prosthetic. That he, yeah, that he's he's like he's ripped fat. <laughs> like I mean, he, it's like you're saying he's Viking. He's Viking. Well, there, there's buff, even there's all beer there's yeah. even subtle yeah. touches. Like I think he has like um, cotton balls like in in his mm-hmm. cheeks that, mm-hmm. to help make him sound like slightly different. Mm-hmm. Like he's added on a few pounds on his face. Right, right, right. Um, but yeah, just some of the jokes. Like I feel like sure. they just go a little too far. Now, what if we had gotten a montage of them building the time machine, but he was working out and losing weight slowly? <laughs> well, that's what I, I'm very curious. And, if, and it's in... doing the uh, Shazam version of Eye of the Tiger, where he's going lightning from my hands. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very curious. That works if, on too many sure, levels. Sure. If in uh, if in Thor uh, three or, or not, sorry, Thor, Thor four, I guess now, um, or. Uh, Guardians three, if they'll if they'll hand wave that away, if they'll actually just bring him back to normal and just be like, ah, oh, he's as Guardian metabolism. They'll it's do the, the Chris Pratt on Parks exactly, and Rec thing, exactly. Like, oh, I just quit drinking beer. Which would be the funniest thing <laughs> yeah. if they went back on that. Oh, that would be wonderful. Yeah. Or anyway. you could. I'm, I'm wondering if you could have like a running gag in in a Guardians three where both of them are trying to lose weight yeah. and <laughs> they're like competing. Yeah, uh, yeah. that'd be good. <laughs> like Chris Pratt has his Bowflex. Speaking of <laughs> jokes that went on too long, that who's in charge of the Guardians at the end? I was like, I love that. I, like, I get it. <laughs> Wrap it up. Wrap well, it up. Well, mostly because of how it ends, where where Thor goes, of course. And he just looks at him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course. No, and it, it worked because you have two funny performers yeah. playing off each other well. But I was also like, this is we're, 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 this is still it's going. A, it's really weird what what humor sticks with me and what doesn't yeah. because in the Infinity War episode, like that bit where. Star Lord is trying to imitate Thor was grating on me. Mm. Like I absolutely hate that. But then, then deciding, trying right. to decide, I don't know. Yeah. Humor is subjective, just yeah. like everything is. Sure. <laughs> except for um, the the grade for this. I was going to say, except for the excellence that is this movie. Yes. Right, 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 <laughs> yes. right. Correct. Um, as long as we're on the same page. Right. All right. Who's who's next? Captain America or Iron Man? Captain let's do, America. Yeah, let's do Captain America. Oh boy. There are, there are points in these movies where it feels like he just walked off the page. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Evans is so perfect. Yeah. Also, great Gillette ad. I, I gotta be <laughs> That's honest. true. <laughs> That's true. Those sideburns are like, yeah, they are crisp. crisp. Exactly. They are razor sharp. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I... Uh, Brought to you by Stamps.com. <laughs> when I saw First Avenger, I was like, yeah, this is good. I like this. But then it was in the First Avengers movie where I went, oh, now, I, now I'm appreciating... Chris Evans' performance. Yeah. And one of my favorite Marvel jokes is still... I got that. I got that reference. No. Yeah. Uh, but then watching him grow from through this and, and watching this movie, is like... I mean, Evans... And, and by all accounts, uh, he's actually, like, a super nice dude in right. real life. Everyone who's met, like, just... 
no, I, I know people who have met him or have know someone who's met him. They're like, oh, he's just like a super cool dude. He's very like, he's very much Captain America. Like mm-hmm. he, he, it's such a beautiful performance. Well, I think he's talked about in interviews. He, he's like, no, Captain America is like almost like the, the child fulfillment thing of like, oh, that's why I aspire to be. Sure. So yeah. he, the character that he is playing inspires him. Yeah. Which almost, is, which is almost nice. like someone playing Superman should feel. What? Uh, just a thought. You um, didn't have to bring it up. We're having Superman. such a positive time and, and you had to bring it up. Well, and, that specifically though is exactly how I've always felt they should do Superman. Like, it, it it's always been weird to me that, you know, I mean, I guess specifically with the DCU, but like, in general, there's this sort of like hesitation to be like, oh, Superman, you know, he's he's kind of boring, isn't he? Isn't he? It's like we can't we can't be wholesome and optimistic. Yeah, it's like this is 2019. What are you talking about? No, like he's supposed to be something you can't achieve. He's supposed to be higher than you know the cynicism and you know yeah. our day to day lives. Like it's supposed, and that's exactly what they've sort of done with this once maybe even seedless character right. who, who sounds incredibly dumb, just like reading the name off to someone who doesn't know who they are. Like, they've taken him from that, and Chris Evans and the writers of the entire MCU have taken him from that into, like, oh, he is literally the embodiment of hope and optimism and, like, never giving up. Yeah. And it's wonderful. It is nice that we have had pretty much consistently, like, Marcus and McFeely, who write a lot of these movies, particularly the Russo Brothers movies, they've been on since first Avengers. So Mm -hmm. really, aside from the first two Avengers movies, they have handled all of the movies with Captain America. Which is why he's been so consistent. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Christopher Reeve is great. I um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. You really, no, like really, truly, he's amazing. Yes. yes. Still, some of the best superhero casting ever. Uh, yeah. I I I was really, and I wonder how the writers chose this. Who between him and Iron Man, who dies and who gets the hap- who who gets mm-hmm. the sunset mm-hmm. and who, on whom does the sunset and who rides into the sunset. <laughs> Oh, um, and, that's and good. but I thank you. But I thought what I, one of the things that I loved about the, the, this movie is that obviously it's this crescendo to this crazy climax, and yeah. then it's but then they set you down very gently at the end with this very quiet moment of just and I, and I thought they were going to show like the the they were going to do like the La La Land alt timeline thing where and here's his and Haley Atwell's life together. Here's them. They're all their mm. decades. Here's them punching Zola as yeah. the police arrest him. Right. Here's all of the, their time. But they didn't. They showed him as an old man in really good makeup. Mm-hmm. And then they it's, showed... It's half makeup, half CG. Okay. They, it's really good. Marvel has... I mean, there's a couple of spots for the de-aging. Eh, but yeah. for the most part, they've gotten it. Yeah, no, they did really well here. But they just they, they end on just... like the, la- the, in this case. the last frame of this movie is uh, Captain America's happy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's that he got to be with his yes. soulmate, and like, that's such a great. And he finally sort of took something for himself. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I think that's the biggest thing that sticks with it for me. Is well, that, that... That's, it's, it's the flip of, of character arcs for, yes. for Tony and, and Steve. Oh, it's yeah. supposed to be Steve learns from being like, I'm going to help everybody. Like, uh, like I, I'm going to help my country and, and always fight, fight the good fight. And yeah. he learns self actualization at the end. Mm hmm. And then you tar- start with Tony, who is the most selfish prick you can imagine. At the end, he literally sacrifices himself for everyone. Yes. Yeah. yeah it's no, almost it's... like they thought about it when they wrote the movie. <laughs> and specifically, what are what are the lines that they have in the Avengers where I think Captain well, America says, you, "Basically, you wouldn't, you wouldn't jump on the grenade. Yes, you wouldn't jump on a live grenade. Yeah, you're not you're not the one to to lay down in the wire and yeah. let the other guy walk over or whatever. Yeah. And then doesn't Iron Man say something to him? I would about... just cut the wire. 
Well, that. But but doesn't Iron Man say something to him about like how stuff? He, I, I feel like there's a specific line people point out. Well, he says nothing. Uh, everything special about you came out of a bottle. Mm. Sure. And then Cap picks up Mjolnir. <laughs> it's almost like they thought about it when they wrote the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, it's it, and I, I. It is a little bit hard to talk about Cap without talking about Iron Man, but. Yeah, I think in general that's that's the takeaway is that like basically it's the it's this guy who like he's he's done everything. He he beat the he finally, you know, like he's, he he's, won the ultimate fight. Yes. Like he yeah. Like the, he, the last war, yes. you know, so to speak. Yeah. And so he's able to be like, "Oh, I can kind of And th- this goes mostly unsaid at the end of the movie, but like there like we have this whole universe of heroes now. mm mm-hmm. Mhm that's around to take care of things and obviously he's passed it on to Falcon and then Bucky will be helping him. Right. Um, so so it, it's not like he's left Earth completely defenseless. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really found it powerful that they showed like that Thanos is still, like destroying the shield. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. but then like Cap- Captain America holding Mjolnir was so good. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll be honest also mm-hmm. I think I like Thor with Stormbreaker better. I think Stormbreaker's cooler. Sure, um, whatever you want to think. <laughs> it's a, it's you a get the little one. It also that's so, a great. That's it a great also line. sort of matches him better when he's like fat and got the long yeah, beard and everything. Like it, it, just, it looks... just completes that Viking yes. thing. Yes. It's like this is made out of a tree and a moon <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, but I, I love Peter Dinklage it. made it. <laughs> but then like. Captain America holding the shield and the the, the hammer and then all yes. that great choreography where he's oh spinning around and, and like... he, he throws it at the shield and obviously it does you know everyone oh. it's been talked to death but I, it's I can so watch good. I can watch it for an hour straight I, so I would, if they had just put out you know like instead of Endgame if they had just put out thirty minutes of just Captain America fighting Thanos with with the shield and Mjolnir mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't be as satisfied but at least on the first well, watch I'd be like yeah those I'm giving nice, it's nice to have a moment considering. Every scene we get with Thanos in the past couple of movies of him fighting someone, he just completely demolishes them, and it's not yes. even a really a fight. Yeah, it's nice. Even if Cap ultimately doesn't end up winning that yes. bit, we get one moment of catharsis where somebody just pummels the crap out yes. of Thanos, and it's such a great because, like you know, obviously there's the bit where where Thanos is basically just pressing down on him in Infinity War, and he's like, yeah. "Why isn't this guy just crumpling under me?" Mm-hmm. and it's nice that they they give him something where he can now fight back and right, legitimately yeah. be a match. I did um, also because I just tried to mention this Thor. I like that he was like pressing Stormbreaker into Thor's chest. Yes, I liked all of these little. And then of course downs. the shot of Mjolnir floating up and oh, my oh gosh. man, and then it like flies back and Ray catches it. What? <laughs> I thought you were gonna say Luke Skywalker. Ray is Captain America's Ray. daughter. <laughs> Not what? my Jedi. Totally my Jedi. But yeah, it's it, that 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 whole thing. Now I did, and this is total quibbling. But I am curious because because Captain America gets lightning powers as well with Mjolnir, is, sort of, we or like he can summon lightning with. That, I that's think one of the weird things when you get into Ragnarok and Odin's like, "Oh, the power's not in the hammer; it was in you all along." Right. And then we get into this one; and it's like, "Nope, it was the well, hammer the whole time." You could, you, oh, no, could, but like, you could argue that it's like you can use the hammer to channel lightning, but also Thor fair, specifically. It, well, the, the line says, "Whoever be worthy." Shall have the power yeah. of Thor. Oh, that's, there you that's go. Cool. So the hammer just gives you the power if you're not right. Thor. Apparently, yeah. I don't know. It but gets Thor always ha- well. So Thor always has the power. Cap only it, has it the power when he it, holds the hammer. It, yeah, yeah. That makes okay. That makes sense. That adds up. But then when <laughs> the first Thor movie raises it's a, some questions, it's a real square rectangle thing. <laughs> <laughs> 
but then when Anthony Hopkins and Ragnarok like are you the god of hammers and they're playing that great like violin music yeah. in the back and I'm like Anthony Hopkins is so cool and then and then they play immigrant song and like Thor just lights mm-hmm. up remember mm-hmm. when Anthony Hopkins was in Transformers 5 he sure was and Westworld <laughs> <laughs> And Amistad. See, see, you just took... All equivalents. See, you just, you just took what I tossed at you and you just hurled it right back in my yeah, head. because guess what? He's a great actor. Oh my gosh. But yes, uh, and all the choreography between Thor and Captain America and Iron Man mm-hmm. fighting Thanos oh, is so... Yeah. The, the the addition of the blade to his Thanos' arsenal of their yeah. like, spinning blade is... It's, and it's apparently like probably adamantium or something. I mean, some sort of equivalent metal where it can just chop off yeah. the part of Cap's shield. It's so good. Like every every bit of it were you know again I could just watch that for hours you know it's it's the way that they combine powers they have Thor power up Iron Man they they have uh, Thor and uh, Captain America I don't think in that fight specifically but like throughout the fight they have them using the hammers kind of like together mm-hmm. and uh, it's great it's it, they they do such a good job of sort of managing power levels in this for one in terms of just, like, who can go one-on-one with Thanos, and having Thanos be able to respond to them, but having him be strong enough to make it, like, a real challenge, and the entire way they they balance him throughout this this movie and the last movie is wonderful. Yeah, Um, and like we said, that sometimes it comes from cunning. Sometimes it comes mm -hmm. from him figuring out, oh, if I do this, and sometimes it comes from just brute force. Yes. Mm -hmm. That he just over-punches. I can't beat this girl. Oh, wait, I've got stones in my hand. Let me grab them. Yeah, yeah. And and also, I like that Scarlet Witch got in her her Yes, and the only reason he's able to get away from her is to be like, can you guys just, like, blow up this entire battlefield? Can you just take all the guns up there and just shoot them? (laughs) I also thought, now, when when she had the line about, he's like, I don't know you, she's like, but you will. Is very good, but part of me was like, I was hoping she'd be like, "You killed my boyfriend," and then just would like mess it up. I thought, how cool would that be? Well, the whole time I was thinking, "Do you bleed? You will." Yeah. <laughs> Which also, uh, quick side note: we we actually haven't talked about Cap going back into previous Cap and fighting himself and all that stuff. Um, uh, that's but, America's butt. Yes, um, <laughs> there's the the bit where so Captain America obviously goes back and and. It's a ton of just lovely sort of callbacks yeah. where he goes into the elevator and he says Hell Hydra and that's how he's able to get out of the elevator with the scepter and then he goes and fights previous self Cap yeah. and um, that's that's a really fun they they throw the shield at each other and bangs off and and, like, and well and that they, they they remember to set up they have the little joke of Loki turning into Captain America to make fun of him yes which therefore would make that's why it would make sense that previous Cap is like you're Loki yeah. that yeah. little. Set up yep. is great. Yep. And Robert Redford's um, back. Oh. Yes, yes. Uh, but at the, the end of that fight, there's a specific bit where, where uh, 2019 Cap is being strangled by... 2023. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. 2023 Cap is being strangled by 2012 Cap. Oh, my goodness. Um, and, uh, and he says, Bucky is alive. And he says it very strained. And then other Cap is like, what? And then he, he punches and gets his way out of it. I swear that's supposed to be a Martha reference. I s- <laughs> Every time I've watched that, I'm like, I swear that's there's a little bit that they're trying to go that, for there, where they're actually, trying to that evoke that. If, if 2012 Cap had just said, why did you say that, and then he gets the, the, <laughs> but I think the that, scepter... That's my thing, though, is that I don't think they would ever go that far to be like, and oh, this I is clearly... I want them to I go do. that far. I would love them to go that far, but I don't think they would. I just don't want to think about that movie. That's fair, too, but I think there's something there. It's it's just strange because I I heavily resist the time travel in the film and I've had a 
a very difficult time kind of articulating why that is. Mm. And I think ultimately just revisiting moments in previous films just doesn't do it for me. It's clearly because you hate fun. That's yeah, correct. <laughs> um, like, the, the fight between the two Captain Americas didn't really sure. do anything for me. I like the gag at the end of, like, uh, that is America's butt. Like, I, I, like, <laughs> yeah. I like that. That's yeah. funny. Um, and even, like, it still comes from a character place as to why he's able to distract previous Captain. It's like, oh, look at how different this yes. guy is between these yes. two time periods. And it's like, oh, look, look at how much these characters have changed. Mm -hmm. Same thing with Nebula confronting her past stuff, and yes. stuff which is really yeah. nice. And Thor um, seeing his mom. And yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, that's... I think the Dark World stuff is actually probably the best because it's not... We're not literally revisiting scenes from the Dark World. Yeah. Sure. We're visiting something that happened in between scenes. Right. As opposed to, oh, hey, you remember the Battle of New York? No. I will say, though, when they showed that, that, that great circular shot yes. of the six of them, I just like... That is well, so and good. also, I, I want to take a, a quick note here to talk about how many gorgeous shots there are in this movie. It's a beautifully shot. Like, that, that yeah. opening where it's like the 2012... Or opening, but that, that opening establishing shot of them going back to the Battle of New York where it shows, like, the entire New York skyline with all the aliens there and it says Battle of New yeah. York 20... Or New York 2012 yeah. or whatever it is. It's so good. And, like, the shot of the... The two uh, shields bouncing off each other when Cap, the two Caps throw them at each other, and the, well, the these... Captain Marvel taking down the ship. There's like multiple mm -hmm. great, like gorgeous. Cap getting ready to face down the entire. Cap getting ready to yeah. face down Thanos. Is, it's... That, that looks like it'd be a, an awesome mosaic. Yes, when there's stuff yes. of like Thanos over here and the Avengers over here. Like there's all these. Yes. There's this huge vista, but you see this one little outline. That shot person. that's following. Um, Iron Man, Thor, and Cap is like it's just following mm -hmm. their footsteps, yeah. and you mm -hmm. see. Thanos sitting in the background mm -hmm. as the apocalypse around them. <laughs> yes. no, it's a really great shot. A really well shot movie. Yes. yes. I will say, I, I do have color grading problems with the movie, sure. and Aww. this is something that's that's just been with a lot of the Marvel movies. Mm -hmm. They're trying to create a consistent look. But, like, I, I've seen comparison videos just comparing some of the footage between, like, First Avengers and, and the mm -hmm. stuff that's, that's used for this. And, Which... Like, I don't know if all of that is completely honest. I know I've seen some of those be debunked as like, oh, they're actually like punching up yeah. one versus the other um, to try and make a point against. But the like the movie. first Avengers movie is 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 clearly a more saturated, sure, like a sure. colorful, more colorful movie than this movie yep. is. I mean, um, Thor: The Dark World, if we're being honest, is the best. Yes, looking the best in that regard and of yeah. the entire MCU. I just felt like in in certain places, I feel like the movie's really gorgeous, and I think that's when it tends to rely the most on special effects. Mm -hmm. Re weirdly enough, I feel like when they're just in normal scenes, like just normal sure. locations with minimal CG, it doesn't look all that amazing. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I, I can't really pinpoint it. That that was just something I noticed and. I don't know if it's the whole we're shooting on digital versus shooting on film and, and all the, the different um, angles that raises. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. Um, I just wrote, I just looked him up. The uh, cinematographer Trent Opalock also shot uh, in Civil War. Of course, Infinity War, but Civil War and Winter Soldier, and also District Nine. Hmm, that I mean, makes sense. He shot with a with a couple of Neil Blomkamp's movies. Um, that makes sense. Yeah, he, he yeah. likes tracks. He likes a very handheld approach, so sure. that makes sense. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, we haven't so we haven't really talked about like Cap going back. I mean, I guess the the main thing that happens for Cap in this, like obviously, um, there's the opening where basically he's encouraging everyone, like, "Hey, you got to move on. We got to keep going." Which right. is sort of the establishing again, getting back to the fact that the movie brings everyone back. It doesn't 
go back five years in the timeline and reestablish the timeline there and say everything's actually fine. Right. It says, no, we're moving on from this thing that happened. We're, we're bringing everyone back and we're moving forward together. Right. Um, yeah, that's, I think, wonderfully done. And obviously that entire conversation is great. There's a little Jim Starlin cameo there. Um, and then there's some, he has the discussion with Natasha about, you know, he's generally like, yeah, I think, I think it's time maybe for us to move on too. Like we, you know, we're out of hope or whatever. And then Scott comes into the picture and then that's when the movie kind of gets underway. Um, but I, basically the main thing that they do for Cap is they have him see Peggy when they go back to 1970. Who's looking Um, great for being like 50. Yeah. She has some great hair, but she does. Um, and and sort of see that she still has the picture of him on her desk just and like the wonderful touch that it's the exact same picture that she has at the end of first event. Yes, mm-hmm. just like it, it would have been very easy for them to screw that up continuity wise. And there's a couple of weird bits that I'll talk about mm-hmm. later of continuity, but that's not a yep. big deal. But just it's nice when you see that they get it right, yes. as opposed to like the Terminator franchise, where like every movie there's a different version of Sarah Connor's picture. <laughs> <laughs> like, what do you? It's not that difficult, is it? <laughs> Maybe it is. Uh, yeah. Um, and obviously he has Peggy's picture in his uh, compass the entire time. Yeah. But, yeah, specifically putting that seed there of, like, him thinking about trying to move on. And, and he has the conversations with Tony about Tony being like, I've built something for myself here that I'm no longer, like, terrified. And so, I mean, it's really sort of Tony f- is able to actually find himself after he... he hits rock bottom and has five years to just sort of rebuild so that he's no longer you know obsessed with like protecting the world because he already failed to protect it and so that really like frees him well and plus even going back there's so many weird connections to age of ultron that movie is actually really really important um but you go back to them arguing outside of of the barton house and uh tony's like isn't that why we want to end the fight so we can go home yeah and and cap's whole realization of like i don't know where i'm supposed to be i guess Mm -hmm. i'll just keep leading the avengers then (laughs) and and then we get to this movie he's like no he has an opportunity like he if he wants it he can go for it yeah he does Mm-hmm. And and so yeah, and obviously that's just such a sweet moment at the end. Both both the conversation he has with um, Falcon about like, hey, you know, I I, I got I, I found finally found sort of my own my own piece, and yeah. you know, it's you're, the shield's yours now. And uh, then obviously it ends with him going back to dancing with Peggy, and he's listening to the song as you pointed out, Alex, the song that uh, he was playing in his apartment when he comes back and finds Nick Fury in Winter Soldier and the movie is just chock full of so many wonderful touches like that Mm -hmm. the man finally got a win (laughs) that's my summary of Captain America I do have a a few points about Steve Mm -hmm. slash Tony but some of it goes into time travel so I don't know exactly well do we want to talk about Tony and try to cover him as quickly as we can or do you Mm -hmm. want to do like a quicker one like Hulk and then get to Tony (laughs) well I guess uh, just kind of a connection point, we, then we can go into Tony. Um, I don't know how y'all feel about this, but I was kind of bothered by them not very quickly resolving their disagreements and, and them splitting up. Um, I know it's it's been five years. Yeah. I, I, the scene where we're really thin Tony, who has just gotten back from, mm-hmm. from hell, basically, yeah. is like, no, you, you, go, you go fight him. Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then he's chastising him. I really love that. And it's like, okay, we're not forgetting that Civil War happened. That 
yes. their relationship is and, broken. And, yeah. And then cut to five years later, and he's like, eh, I, you know, hold it, holding grudges or whatever is corrosive, and I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, I, it's fine, but <laughs> I, I, I'm just... When like, you I, have I, a child, you Alex, grow up. When you have a child... <laughs> But, but I do think that is the idea, is that, yeah. you know, it's it, he's he's sort of actually, like, settled down no, and, like... I, I do understand it. I just... I don't know. I, I feel like just their their relationship, Steve and Tony, and, and just kind of how it fell apart, that is so central to why so much of this has happened. To just yeah. kind of quickly wrap it up in a couple of scenes. Very well, nicely done scenes. Yeah. But I, I was expecting it just coming into the movie, and once again, this is me bringing my own baggage into the movie. I was expecting that to be a lot more of the through line as to what the movie was about in terms of them mending their relationship. True. And it's not really. Yeah, I feel like... I mean, I don't think that they necessarily had that, like, much of a relationship to to mend. It was so much like they they always sort of butt heads a little bit and then, you know, it came to a head in civil war. And I feel like specifically you get, you know, the line obviously where... um, they're talking and, and Tony's like, oh, someone someone should have warned you about all this time travel you're trying to do that you almost uh, killed or made Scott Lang old with. And then Cap's like, you did. And yeah. like that, I think, obviously we're supposed to infer that Tony has mellowed out a lot over five years. Right. Um, but also I think it is, the point is not so much that their relationship is broken and it has to be fixed as the fact that their ego stopped them from working together the first time it brought again. It brought brought them to rock bottom, and now they're sort of like, well, we might as well work together to get our way out of this. I think. I think the point is not so much to fix that as it is that was like they were already, you know, they they caused these events to happen because they didn't work together, and now they're already like, all right, there's literally no way we're going to get through this unless we work together again. So I don't know. I I, I think the five years and the, having the child and everything. I think all of that works together to make it. And we can infer a lot of that. Yes. Right. And the movie does ask you to infer a lot. I know that's mm-hmm. a lot of uh, your problems, Alex, is that there's a lot of stuff that it does not really There's a lot of stuff that seemingly happens off-screen between the five years, and yes. that stuff seems really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I wish the movie was a bit more about that. Sure. I think the movie also does a Too good bad. job of, of getting a, giving <laughs> us enough that we can infer those things, and we don't feel like, I guess I just have to decide this is what what, no. what is happening. Right. Which I feel like has been the case in previous, well, not even Marvel movies necessarily, but just bad movies no. Dark Phoenix is going to be fun. <laughs> where there's a lot of like oh I guess that to, ma- to make this make sense I have to make something up like right. I have to create a headcanon whereas this is yeah, like Dark Phoenix is going to be fun <laughs> <laughs> and um, which you know I, I, I think this movie uh, avoids that quite nicely what did you guys think of Hulk not getting any action scenes in this kind of a neat yeah. change of pace I, I mean, did, I did get... like that we, we see they, and they do this joke a lot in movies like this when they go back to New York and they see Hulk trashing uh, the yeah. one Cree or whatever Chitari yeah. with the with the car, and then another Chitari, Chitari runs up and then runs away. Yeah. That was really fun. Um, I, I noticed something that ever since Ragnarok, they've really tried to bump up the comedy with Bruce yeah. and Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, um, I think it works better when he's actually Hulk size. Sure. Mm-hmm. I don't find Mark Ruffalo that funny in either. Um, Infinity War or Ragnarok, um, but when he turns into the Hulk, particularly Smart Hulk, yeah. I don't know why. Maybe yeah. it's just how comical it is that sure. we we have a big Hulk who can actually think and yeah. emote. No. Has glasses. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think he's 
very funny in mm-hmm. this. I think most of the, the comedy with him actually works and, and didn't take me out of the movie. The, yeah. the, the bit where he's just like, time travel! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then Steve starts to walk away. I see this as an absolute win. And I think whenever you see him eating, he's got like this huge plate of like 10 burritos and stuff. And don't they have the callback to the uh, Ben and Jerry's ice cream place? Yes. Aren't they eating the... the, Hunka Hunka... Or Hoka Hoka burning fudge, yeah, Yeah. sorry. Which is nice. Yes. Um, And he's almost like he does does that. It's it's not that he dabs, it's that he says dab. And he does it really badly too. He's (laughs) like... Dab, right? Yeah. That's the but second movie but this he's year. So the dab. excited when he says he's like, yeah. And dab. Then, and then he goes, listen to your mom. She knows. <laughs> she knows what's right. Very good. So, now, Alex, I have a question. When you when you saw this in the theater, did you hit Tyler in the face when you dabbed in response? <laughs> <laughs> and did you knock over your bucket of popcorn? He actually hit me in the face. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. The bucket of popcorn landed on me. I was, so. was going to say, I actually kind of leaned forward. I actually kind of just got him in the chest. It was a bit, it, it bruised him a bit, but I, I avoided the head area. It's, it was a theater experience. In I'm my opinion, forget. you should have gone for the head. That's true. Uh, um, yeah. dab, and I was going, dab! Uh, the kids know what that is. <laughs> me too! The, well, it's, it's nice when we have clearly, like, that's supposed to be an out of touch response to a bunch of yeah. kids as opposed to uh, a bunch of film producers thinking oh, what are the kids yes, like? sure exactly yes. it's I very do, clearly supposed to be self-aware i do also like that in 2023 dabbing is still known yes. by yes. someone yes. people are still playing Fortnite. or or it's five years old at that point and he's True. so out of touch <laughs> <laughs> those kids are like so young they don't even know what <laughs> yes, okay yes, yes. uh that we're that on is, to like what's the alex what do you think the next big dance trend is going to be Alex, you guys don't know this. He's a real hofer, always moving and a grooving. What's the next big dance trend? Uh, it's it's going to be called the Noob Master 69. Everyone's going to hate it. That's, <laughs> a, that's all I got. The Noob Master what? 69. Nice. It's the, it's the joke from the, the, that's the, the movie. That's the Fortnite player. That, that, oh. That's that is, yeah. All I heard was the number 69 and then myself saying, nice. <laughs> Over Brent, the this rest is a of the family The virtues of somebody having only seen the movie once. Yeah. Yes. Um... Korg is great. Yes. yes. We all know that. It's yes. lo- it is lovely that they bring back. It is so weird that, that I, I, I am... Taika Waititi's just general direction, like I have problems with, yet Korg is my favorite thing ever. He's yes. so good. Oh, um, hey, man. Oh, another one fell off. <laughs> so, but yeah, with and, and kind of going back to with Thor, how Thor uh, sort of realizes that revenge gets him absolutely nowhere. Um, and and being the the big macho man does not actually accomplish anything for him. Um, it's nice that the Hulk's main sort of like catharsis, I guess, in this is, oh, I I'm made of gamma radiation and I'm super strong. Yeah, I can actually perform the snap without dying. Yeah. And he's like where, that line he has where he's like, I was made for this. His ultimate act is it's, not one of violence. Yes, That's he's true. he's yeah. not being the the savage Hulk. He's you know yeah. actually. Yeah, because a lot of people complained of like, oh. Hulk needs a rematch with Thanos. Yes. And I'll get into my reservations about how they handle Hulk in this movie, sure. but I don't think that's necessarily a problem. Yeah. Particularly because, just in terms of pacing of a movie, Hulk fights Thanos at the very beginning of Infinity War. Yes. The main fight is with Iron Man. Right. So exactly. that he, he is the one that needs to take him out. And the only one who actually puts up a fight, really, yes. is Iron Man. Yes. Hulk does not put up a, yes. a fight. Um, I think my only real problem with with hulk and and kind of where his character is at is just it all happens off screen 
like mm-hmm. the, the two personalities sure. merging. And I remember Kevin Feige and Mark Ruffalo being like, okay, well, we can't make any solo Hulk movies because Universal won't play ball. Let's let's span this three-movie arc across Ragnarok, Infinity War, and, and, and Endgame. And then the most interesting part of that character arc happens in between two movies. Yeah. Yeah. Which, despite it being a three-hour movie... We have so much stuff going on. We have so many characters. I understand if one person gets the short end of the stick, particularly if it's somebody that's not going to die and could potentially show up again. Yeah. But I I still have have a problem with that. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) No, I agree. I I think... I think it's a... There's a lot in this that I think is uh, a casualty of we have to try and cover so much ground yes. in this movie. Um, and I think they do an incredibly amazing job for what they do accomplish. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there is a lot that kind of... I think they, they specifically have the time jump to be like, all right, we need some breathing room to figure out how we're going to manage all these characters. Right. Um, and, you know, we're not going to be able to actually, like, spend time showing you how each of these change. Yeah. We're going to have to make basically shake up the entire status quo so that you can... I wouldn't say it's something that's, like, technically wrong. I, it's just mm-hmm. something that, oh, I wish you guys explored yeah, that yeah, a bit more. Yeah. Right. And that, that's a lot of my criticisms into the movie. I wish you guys explored that a bit more. Yeah. In a three-hour movie. Mm-hmm. I'll take an hour and a half more. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> really. It, it really does give a vibe of your classic comic book alternate reality, like future timeline where someone, you know, goes into kind of a Days of I, days I Future Past thing. or. That. Mm-hmm. I, I've been waiting for like a superhero film to really do that. Yes, and like I, once I realized that that's where they were going, mm-hmm. like with the five year jump, I'm like, wow, this is like this is like a Kingdom Come, yes, like, some kind of weird alternate future. Except we're gonna stay in this exactly. Alternate future. Yes, they don't leave. <laughs> However, comparing again to the DC movies, our heroes are still acting like the heroes we know. <laughs> yeah, they're they're all changed, but they're not. It's not as drastic as, for example, I mean, even going to the comics with um, Days of Future Past or Age of Apocalypse, where mm-hmm. it's like, oh, this is completely different. It's this giant, weird, dystopian reality yeah. where everything's awful. And it's like, you know, things, are, things suck pretty badly here. But, you know, everyone's kind of learned to adapt. And, and, and... Well, plus it's just nice that, that the opening act of the movie takes a little bit of time to kind of yes. just show us what the status quo yeah. of the world the, is. I, I seriously considered making the fact that this movie is three hours my best thing, <laughs> just because, <laughs> like... It, it gives it, us so many and moments. It, and it doesn't feel too long. No. Like it, go, it moves at a pretty yeah. decent pace, despite it kind of being split evenly into three different movies. Yeah, I think that helps it, actually. Yeah. yeah. It does help change the pace. It, if somebody's like, oh, I'm getting a little bored by this, and then it mm-hmm. cuts to it's something like, Well, don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. now we're doing something else. Because now we've set everything up, and now we're going to do the plan. I, yes. I guess that's why the time travel stuff ultimately doesn't bother me as much as I think it probably should. Because or immediately, could like, have. Or yeah. could have. They get to the end, and then the ending's just the best thing ever. So, mm. okay, I can live with the middle act being okay. Sure. sure. <laughs> um, do I, I know? Are there any other Avengers we feel like we need to, to really? We've kind of covered a lot of them. Uh, uh, I mean, I mean, in, Hawkeye in touches. and Black Widow. I think yeah. we can handle at the same time. Okay. Uh, Haw- Hawkeye, I think, is in all of these movies is just a character they've never really done enough justice sure. to. I think Age of Ultron gets the closest. Yes. Yeah. In and, terms and, of just oh, he's thematically like the key of the movie. Yes, again talking about <laughs> again you you were talking about how Age of Ultron is actually quite important to this. Yeah, yeah, it, it very much is sort of that 
is the linchpin for Hawkeye working in this movie is the fact yeah. that his family is kind of like you're you're the one you're the only just like normal guy on the team. Yeah. You're the one kind of holding them together. And so like when he kind of snaps in this and the fact that he is our through line for someone who has specific loved ones they're trying to bring back. Yeah. You know that like obviously everyone has lost the the, the Avengers and the you know they were all like kind of this thrown together family yeah, of Avengers and um, but in terms of like no I actually had a wife and, and daughter and son that like I lost yeah. <laughs> and I, I want them back a like daughter and two sons oh yeah, yeah, yeah. there you go even more stakes Nicholas. one of <laughs> whom is named after uh, uh, yeah Quicksilver you remember Quicksilver mm. is he really I don't think I, I ever caught that isn't it Nathaniel uh, I, thought that was, I thought that was meant to be after Natasha like, I, I think they name it to Nathaniel Pietro. Okay. I, I think. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Could be wrong. Remember Quicksilver? <laughs> Scarlet Witch or Dunn? Um, She's got vision. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh. She doesn't. Oh, no. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think that it's it's kind of a weird place to take him in this. We were talking about this while watching it this time, that you can make the argument that it might almost be more logical to have Hawkeye be the one that kills himself for the mm. soul stone. Um, I think it, I go back and forth because I do, I mean, it is really nice that we do actually see someone getting reunited with the other people they yeah. brought back, not just like the Avengers getting reunited. And I think that's ultimately the point of him being in, in this and the point of that entire through line and his story in this. Um, but I, I do think there is sort of a, an element of you could, you could, pay off the fact that a lot of people always think of him as an afterthought mm-hmm. you could pay off that fact by making his sacrifice super awesome and sure. you know impactful um i think ultimately at least with the way the movie t- plays out I'm, I'm satisfied with it but there is an interesting case to be made there specifically because to you up here you have some problems and i would agree with some of them with the way they handle black widow yeah well my biggest problem with both of them is and, and this is kind of how the Russos have approached it I've, I've listened to their commentary track for the movie which everybody in terms of these Marvel movies I will go on and on about how the special features for these things are terrible the commentary tracks are the only worthwhile things hmm. that being said um, they basically say that in terms of any characters that you may feel get the short end of the stick in terms of characterization that's because they've got more coming so right. Hawkeye has his show Black Widow gets her movie yeah. Um, my argument would be this is the ultimate culmination this is almost the end of this set. I mean it's the infinity song it's the yeah. end of this story right so much so that you literally have the actor signing off at the end mm-hmm. and to leave some of these characters in such weird open ended spots yeah. particularly Hawkeye it's just very strange and counterintuitive to me um, Hawkeye in particular they set him up in such this really cool, interesting place where he's hunting down people, these terrible people that survived the snap. Mm. And it's supposed to have like turned him into this monster. And then he shows back up at the Avengers uh, and it's like... He's yeah. an avenging angel, I yeah. think. Uh, <laughs> but, sort of Dexter, if you will. But like, when it shows up and it's like, oh, the only thing... like, it, It's kind of like the damage tattoo on his forehead, but he's got, he's got like the skull tattoos on his arm. He's like, oh, he's edgy Yeah. Now. And then he just acts like normal Hawkeye for the rest of the movie. Mm. There, there's never, yeah. there's never really anything that that connects back to him being like a violent psychopath for yeah. five years. He still carries around the sword, man. I mean, that's about it. That's pretty edgy. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> 
can't argue with that. That all right, Joseph, you changed my mind. He this carries that edge like, with him. Yep. It is also strange though that like the justification for we don't have to do as much with Black Widow because she's getting a movie. She's getting a prequel. Well, Tyler I have has thoughts. a conspiracy I have theory many. that they could potentially be bringing her back at the end of that. I, I don't think they. So I don't think that they'll actually do like, oh, they're going to bring her back, and now she's just an Avenger again. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. But I do really wonder because specifically, if nothing else, I'm I'm. When the Russos were discussing this, they were specifically talking about the criticism that she doesn't get like her own funeral at the end of the oh, movie. Oh, gotcha. And I really, really think we're going to see more of um, Captain America returning to stones. Because okay. there are a lot of like little interesting questions there in terms of he's doing that. Specifically, when he puts the Soul Stone back, how does that work? Um, and does he get Natasha back? Yeah. And so, like... And there's a part of me that is really curious um, because I think Scarlett Johansson has said in, in interviews that she feels like uh, Captain America and Black Widow have sort of a relationship that develops over all the time we don't spend with them. Mm-hmm. And there's a part of me that really wonders if we're actually going to see something in the Black Widow movie where they kind of spin it so that actually, and this has been my theory kind of from the, mo- the first time I watched it, if... Um, he actually he like he goes back and he has a dance with Peggy, but he's not actually like staying with her throughout. And and the person he actually because there there's this specific quote where um, Falcon is talking to Captain America and he's like, "Oh, you wanna you wanna tell me about it?" And he's like, "No, oh, I, wedding ring, yeah. yeah." And he's like, "No, I don't think I will." And there's a part of me that really wonders because if he goes back to save Black Widow, and or if he goes back to return the Soul Stone and that saves Black Widow and she's she gets to like come back, yeah. Um, does that mean, or that would mean that they are in the timeline, at least at that moment, where there's no Thanos? Yeah. And where, like, theoretically things should be much better. And so there's a part of me that wonders, like, will they, could, they could end up doing something where it's like they live out a life in that timeline. Yeah. And, like, that's, that's sort of. A, so I'm really curious if they do something like that. I feel like you can't really make the Black Widow movie and have it end in a way that's satisfying if it's, knowing if it's literally all just prequel to this, nobody's sure. going to care and if it's just like well i guess i gotta go see what's next yeah and then, and then like, what's next is hey who does anyone know uh stark tony stark well so it's apparently the end is is like she goes from the red hair and she turns it blonde yeah it's like the the big the big sense so have they confirmed that it's gonna, it's gonna, it's supposed to be in between Civil War and Infinity War, right? That's my understanding. So it's so, and that's my other thing is that like, if so you made it when she's on the run, yeah. If you made it a prequel that far back to where it was like, oh, she's like young or whatever, then that's one thing. Yeah, it's in between. But Civil War and because War. it's like closer, I just don't know how you do that any other way. Sure. Um, it's in one of the alternate realities. It's fine. Sure, sure. Um, but that's my point, is I, I think that because they've opened it up to this, and because of the fact they don't really give her, like, a full funeral... I mean, there's the nice scene with, with Hawkeye and um, Scarlet Witch talking about it, but they don't really give her a full funeral send-off thing, and, you know, there's there's yes. not a, a there's which, not more to it. Which I have a problem with. And, I have a huge problem well, with Well, and I think the biggest thing for me is Red Skull is the one who is holding yes. the Soul Stone... Captain America has to interact with him to put the Soul Stone back. Uh, There's something there that I feel like they have to like. I, yeah, that's a good point. I that, think that feels like weird territory that just remains unexplored. Yes, and so I, I really want to know if they're going to end up doing something like that, um, and we'll find out. I we guess we shall Black see. Yes, 
Uh, Ray Winston's going to be in it. I didn't know that. Neat. <laughs> David Harbour's in it. Yeah. This should be exciting. Apparently Robert Downey Jr. is going to be okay. in it. And Florence Pugh from Midsommar. Sure. Which I haven't seen yet. Same. And Rachel Weiss. Yeah, Vice. Vice. It starts with a W, though. You start with wow, a W. Wow, it's almost like it's a foreign country name, <laughs> Alex. It's, wow. It's, it's like, it's like a, a Rafe Fines, right? Yeah, Rafe. Mm-hmm. I can get some of them right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, do we want to talk about anyone else? Ever? Benedict again? Wong is great. Yes, that's my opinion. Accurate. I love Benedict Wong. I that mean, was... nobody else really gets yeah. that heavy of a. I mean, they get cool moments at the end. Actually, for sure. well, then here's the good. Uh, this is a. Why do you guys think that, from just from a screenwriting perspective, they kept Okoye and Rocket? Alive because Rocket, I mean, Rocket does interact with them, and we have no idea what Okoye has been doing. Right. She doesn't show up until the very end when she walks out with T'Challa and Shuri. So, why do we think that they kept her and Rocket alive? Well, Rocket, so Rocket already had built up kind of the relationship with Thor and Infinity War. Okay. So, I feel like that's supposed to be very much a through line of the fact that they're now kind of buddies. (laughs) and, And it's just sort of to give him someone to bounce off of when he goes to. Uh, the sure. Thor okay. 2 timeline also, um, just record I think Rocket's one of he's easily one of my favorite characters in mm-hmm. these movies I mm-hmm. think Bradley Cooper's giving one of the best MCU performances it's <laughs> like you, yeah. there's no reason to believe that's Bradley Cooper and they just bring him in like during post production like he's not even there on set yeah, you no. just have him doing all yeah. the voice work at the end he's so, and he's so good though, yes. in yeah. these movies like it was incredible but yes yeah, so, like I wonder with Okoya specifically like they kept her alive at the end of Infinity War, and you see them all standing there, and I'm like, oh, this is great. This I is- think I have an idea, and I think that's mainly because we need someone who's at Wakanda who will just stay in Wakanda, because mm. her whole thing is like, I, I you know, protect the king, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, you know, I remain in the country, right. as opposed to someone... like. We kind of need to narrow the playing field about who's going to be involved in the av- adventure. Sure. So it's nice that we have someone there, but also just logistically, when everyone comes back, you need someone to be there to like... Oh hey, five years have passed. Yeah. Let me and catch you. Need help. Yeah. Let's go fight. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, and I guess they could always if there's they could always put that in some stuff with Black Panther two. Yeah. I was wondering about that because there is talking again about some, kind of some future movies. Yeah, this movie what doesn't. The, what are the politics of Wakanda with five years of T'Challa sure, being sure. dead? This, we don't know. We don't know if, M- if Mbaku did or didn't survive. I believe he did. He did. There's a there's a shot of him surviving yes. after like looking around. Oh, and you're right. seeing all you're the right. troops. Just... Um, and then we sure, do. Sure, he's the one we didn't know about. She it, was dead. She she is dead because when at the beginning of this movie they're showing oh, the they screens do so of right, everyone right, who right. died. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But she is. I think we see. Don't we? Do we see? At the end of the, this movie, there's the the shot of Wakanda where everyone's looking out. Yeah. And I forget who all is in that group. Uh, it's him. I think in that one shot, it's him, Shuri, and Angela Bassett. Yeah, yeah that's so what I was thinking. That's it. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but Wait, how much did Angela Bassett get paid for that? Hey, speaking, I mean, speaking of that funeral, the funeral garb, T'Challa looked sharp as a tack. He looked so good. <laughs> that is like the coolest suit. Oh man! Are you gonna go buy one? I don't think I can. <laughs> um, but, oh, he looked right. Yeah. Yeah, Everyone send in their donations to our non-existent Patreon. Yeah, really. Yeah. Wait, um, you guys aren't getting your Disney checks for this one? I, I, I haven't supported anybody that has enough money to pay us <laughs> to give us checks. Um, All my recommendations are like small movies. But my point about Akoya, mm-hmm. uh, she mentions in the beginning when, they're, when Natasha's kind of checking in with everyone, 
Uh, she mentions that there's like an earthquake under the sea. Oh yeah. So everyone's like, oh Namor, is that where they're going with that? Mm. Um, and so I wonder if maybe there will be a little bit of Black Panther two that has like overlap with. Because that would be really cool. Um, and do they? Don't tell me what happens. Don't don't spoil. But in Far From Home, do they kind of address what had been going on with like Peter's friends, like about yes. May and Ned yes. and all those? Okay. Yes, every everyone in kind of his life, and they use Far From Home very well to kind of establish what the new status quo for the world okay so that's cool um because alex has thoughts on it because he hates that movie because he's uh, a no fun because i realize <laughs> i am the no fun police and yes. i think that movie is slightly above average <laughs> but i'm talking specifically about addressing the new status quo going forward i think this that movie does several things that I we will talk about fine. on that podcast we will talk about it yeah and then you'll be under arrest correct for being too handsome <laughs> and heating up the place <laughs> <laughs> Why, thank you. I'm just going to um, show up and beat you up. So. Yeah. That's fair. At least... At A least little I, foam Mjolnir just like whacking he's, you. he's warned me, so I can expect it. You know? That's yeah. true. That's true. It's um, courtesy. Uh, but cause I, I, it did occur to me when they had everybody come back, and I was like, well, I remember uh, during between Infinity War and Endgame, I was seeing all, these, all this stuff online about... What about all these other sort of ancillary MCU characters? Are they gone? And the characters within those big heroes individual movies, like yes. Shuri and Ned. Right. And like Korg as well. That was, like, yeah. that whole crew, people were, like, the Ragnarok crew, people were like, where are they? Right. Are they okay? Did Valkyrie, you know, all that stuff. And and that was a question I had. I was like, well, and how will that have affected the five-year difference? Because, sure. like, like we point out, oh, if M'Baku and Okoye have been in Wakanda for this whole time, what kind of strife has that created no. or not? And what will T'Challa have to face coming back after yep. five years? Turns when... out Mbaku's the greatest king that ever lived. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I mean, in, as long as you get more Winston Duke, I'm happy. Sure, sure. Yep. Um, but you, you, I don't know, like in Doctor Strange, like Benedict Wong and the Ancient One, like what's been happening with them and all that kind of stuff. Um, the Ancient One mm-hmm. showing up in this movie was just delightful. That was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, it, and it's nice that we have someone who actually knows how the time travel works. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how much we want to actually get into I want to talk about it a little bit because I think... I want to talk about our perception of how it's supposed to work and why, because of that, I think we don't really have any problems in terms of the actual like logistics. Yeah. Um, the, the movie... It, it's like halfway there to, yes. to like doing a really good job of explaining it. And mm-hmm. then there's a couple of parts where it just kind of falters. So basically going off the Ancient Ones description, uh, she seems to be saying that when the Avengers, at least when this group of Avengers, they came to to this New York timeline, and she's like, all right, so you got this this one, or you're now in, like in this reality that I have to protect. And if you take a stone away, it's going to create a dark split timeline yeah. that's going to go off because the stones control the flow of time. And so, um, which is kind of a vague threat, sure. but whatever. And also, where's his questions about well, what happens to the uh, regular timeline now that all the stones are gone? Well, <laughs> I, I, I think there's actually a debate as to whether or not he actually mm. destroys them, or, or if they're now. Or, well, he splits them into atoms. Yes, right? yes, yeah, so. true. So. Yeah, that makes sense. Destroying, um, like he says, destroying them. Yeah. But does he actually? You can, maybe you them? can't actually. Yeah. yeah. So. The idea is that you've got multiple realities, and when the Avengers are going to different times, they're really going to like different timelines entirely that are seemingly maybe... I mean, my interpretation would be that they are there are infinite times, and they're going to, like... Each, each timeline is going through some 
moment in time. Like they're they're all kind of at offset seconds, I guess. And so like they're going to another timeline that is they're able to travel to that is at a particular time. Uh, it's all very up in the air, wishy-washy, whatever. But basically the idea is that they're taking the stones away and they have to go put them back because the stones prevent dark timelines from cre- being created. But mm. every reality they visit is an alternate timeline or yes. a, a alternate reality. And the biggest problem with the movie is they all but say every time you go back in time you are visiting an alternate reality. Yes. They do not actually say yes. that, and I think that is a problem. Yes. Just one additional line. Yeah. Because um, she, yeah, the ancient one, like, talks around that, and she mentions realities, and it's like, okay, yeah. is that, are we, and then, are we good to go with this? And then also in terms of what you had said towards the beginning about the confusion about how the time travel devices work. Yes. So you, you go back in time, and you go to an alternate reality, but then you go forward in time, and you end up back in the reality right. that you started in. My, ah, my thinking on that, uh, as far as like what we're supposed to get from that, is that it's like, all right, you got these platforms. The platforms send you into the quantum realm, yeah. and then you're using the watches to travel around. Because yeah. I think that is supposed to sort of be what they've set up in Ant-Man and the Wasp, where it's like, okay, they use the van to send the little ship into the quantum realm, and then they're like using a GPS to actually like navigate and find right. Michelle Pfeiffer. Um and so I, <laughs> Catwoman, you mean? Have you yes. seen Amy and the Wasp? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah, I, Michelle Pfeiffer's awesome. Yes. Like, <laughs> I, I, I can't remember. I, 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 I'm all caught up. I barely remember. Far from Home <laughs> is the only one I haven't. Sure, sure. But yeah, I think that, yeah, they could definitely use for some explaining there. But I think that is ultimately the idea. So basically, they visit four timelines. Is my interpretation yeah. is that there, there's our main timeline, obviously. Then there's the 2014 timeline where the, now there's no more Thanos. Yeah. Um, but there is Natasha potentially trapped in the Soul Stone, maybe just actually dead. Hard to say. Um, <laughs> hey, get out of here! Hey. <laughs> um, there is the 2012 timeline where they all kind of visit to to grab. I think they grab three stones from there, or they try to grab three stones. Mm. The 1970 timeline where yeah. they they see Peggy and they see Howard Stark, which we haven't even mentioned. Um, Tony seeing Howard. We'll have to talk about that. And actually, yeah. Having a final moment. To yes. Talk about them. Yeah. Yes. Um, there is the 2013 for Dark World. Yes. Uh, so there's there's the Dark World one, and I think I'm missing. And then there's the 40s timeline that Steve goes back to at the very end. Sure, but I think I'm missing. Am I missing another one from the what that where they go? No, because they sent right because they send uh, yeah. Clinton Natasha through the 2014 one yeah. as well. So yeah, so there's like five different timelines they sort of observe here. Um, and potentially affect, and Loki is running free in one of them, yeah. it seems. And so that I think that if you think about it that way, in terms of these are all different realities that they're they're visiting and they're grabbing the stones and they're putting them back, that makes a lot more sense. Because I also had questions. If we want to get real nitpicky about it, I was very confused until this viewing as to why Steve didn't go back with the scepter um, to the 2012 timeline. Well, not not just the scepter, but also the cube. Sure. Like, yeah. We have all of the stones yes. separated from whatever they were housed yes. inside. And it makes a lot more sense to be like, to think of it in terms of the point is not so much to put that timeline back exactly the way it was. Yeah. The point is to make sure that the stone is returned to the timeline at the exact moment that it was taken, it was taken yeah. to ensure there's no dark timelines spawning up. Yeah. And so it doesn't really matter where the stone is as long as it's inside of that timeline. Right. Um, and so then I think kind of doing that. And I'm, I'm very curious if they'll revisit that in the future so that we can see, like, what a I hope dark timeline. 
Well, I'm saying specifically a dark timeline. I think that well, that's... they could do that in that What If show. Or they could do the What, what If or show. Or the Doctor Strange movie. That's more what I was thinking. Is the it multiverse of madness. I think Doctor Strange would be the, the time to do it, is, is if maybe they find out that, I don't know, kind of depends on if they ever we ever get to see any more of Cap returning the stones. Probably would only happen in Black Widow. Um, but if there's like something where it's like, oh, this, he didn't return the stone at exactly the right time, or something like that, and then maybe there's some weird thing happening there. Yeah. But basically, that's interesting because now there are several like alternate timelines that they can kind of do things with. I'll, I don't know if they ever will, but they have established at least five worlds, realities, multiverses. So that's an interesting thing, concept to introduce. And again, it also really serves the fact that it doesn't, they can't just go and undo things because they can't change their own timeline. They could go and steal someone else's. <laughs> they could all just be like, we're here now, and I don't know, take that over. But instead, they, they are trying to put their own timeline back as, as well as they can without ne- necessarily actually just chopping off the last five years. Right. And, and feeding into that, Gamora's dead. Like, yes. Our world Gamora is right. gone, but we have mm-hmm. a replacement Gamora. Mm-hmm. Same very, with Loki. Well, Loki's still in a separate timeline. Like, he's not coming oh, back into right, it. Right, right. Yeah. But yeah, our, our world. The, the, yeah, or the, Loki is dead. Like, all of the characters yes. that actually died outside of the snap are yes. dead. Yeah. Um, so I, I really like how they handle that. It's kind of having your cake and eating it, too. Like, mm-hmm. well, we, we have a Gamora, it's just not ours, and she doesn't have a relationship with Star-Lord. I'm interested to see how James Gunn handles that in yes. Guardians 3. I assume he had input on it. I still therefore... think she might be in the Soul Stone. Could be. I don't know. Well, actually, well, but the soul stones now disintegrated. That's true. So yeah, yeah, she's done. She's gone. Yeah, which is excellent because that was like the immediate like fan theory was like, oh, everyone's just trapped in the soul stone, so it's fine. So they'll just like find a way to bring him back through that. But then he destroys the ball. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But he destroys the soul stone immediately. (laughs) So it's like, oh, okay. Well, um, uh, Heimdall is the only one from Infinity War who doesn't get a replacement, right? Because, like, Heimdall's just gone. Yes. Yeah, because we yeah. get... I mean, obviously, we don't get a replacement Loki in the timeline, but now... There is... Now they can do their Loki Yeah, because Tom Hiddleston is, is still around. Yes. And Gamora came back, but, like, mm. no more Heimdall. Mm-hmm. No. That's okay. Not really. I actually really like Heimdall. It's, it's okay, because they're going to replace him with Beta Ray Bill as, that as would, Thor's Okay, Westbrook. that'd be fine, so... Well, because <laughs> also all of Thor's people, because, like, Farendal and... Oh, yeah, they've they've excised the entire... I think Sif... They all, they all died in... We don't that. know about Sif, for sure. Oh, yeah, Sif is just kind of... Well, because Sif was on a couple episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is yes. no longer a thing. But that was... Alexander had, had a TV show, so... Yes. Couldn't bring her back. Yeah. But also, like, because they've never officially, like excised her at all they yep. can do whatever yeah they, she's can always, kind of the, they can always bring her back if yeah they want she's to. kind of the only one of the old set that is still around because yeah because uh hella kills the other three farindal mm-hmm. and yep. uh, the other, uh ray stevenson and tatanobu asano sure much to my dismay but oh tatanobu asano is awesome that's ichi the killer dude sure <laughs> and also i mean farindal obviously is zachary levi who's yes. delightful in that role I, I will say, if we had to sacrifice the Warriors 3 in Ragnarok to get Zachary Levi and Shazam... Sure, no, I... Fair trade? Yeah, fair trade. A more than fair. Sure, yeah. sure. I would say it's an absolute win. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, yeah, before we get into the just the Stark of it all, mm-hmm. I, I, I think that largely all the other characters I feel I got some satisfaction with, 
mm-hmm. because I know that if I didn't, it's because it's coming down the line. Like yeah. I, I wanted to see more from Rocket, but he's not gone. I wanted yeah. to see more from Benedict Wong. Always, he's not gone. You know, Falcon. Obviously, he's taking on a very big mantle. Yep. So like, I, I was really satisfied by that. But I like that they still went. But we're really gonna of those characters, Spider Man and Black Panther still get. Yeah, real spotlight moments. I think everyone really gets a moment. Sure, he got some, at, yeah. at, at least one moment. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and that's that's the wonderful thing about the Russos, despite mm-hmm. my reservations. Because I think, in terms of all of the movies that they've done, where where they're handling these huge ensemble casts, I would say this is the weakest in terms of juggling everything. Mm. And maybe that's just because of the ambition of the story. Sure. Um, but they still, despite that, they managed to give everyone at least something yeah um and and without and again and they, they had the permission of not permission but the wiggle room of okay Groot didn't do as much as the big Groot fans might have wanted sure but he's got a whole at least one more movie like right. come on you yeah. know you're, you're you're this is about and plus also is, as a sequel to infinity war if we are thinking of them as kind of one long movie a lot of characters that didn't get as many moments right. in this got moments yes. in that. Yes, I mean, and also the Guardians. Groot is literally part of Stormbreaker. So yes, yeah, I thought uh, I thought it was all only very that to Vin Diesel. <laughs> I'm sure he's happy about that. <laughs> um, so we're just going to dive into Tony Stark. We are at just about two hours. Yeah, cool. That'll be fun. Mm. Well, uh, we'll only go on like another hour probably. It's fine. <laughs> uh, um, RDJ is amazing. I mean, this is yes. <laughs> I, I don't understand when, when people complain, like, in some of the other movies of, like, oh, he's starting to phone it in. I have never gotten no. that sense that he's mm-hmm. phoning it in as, as Tony Stark. I think Adam, some of that may have come from he doesn't – he's not he's not doing Iron Man movies anymore. So he's getting to come in. One, I think his role in the movies is more interesting. Yeah. So mm-hmm. RDJ gets to look at it and go, oh, I don't, I don't just come out and quip the whole time. Right. Yeah. I actually – there is a real – there's something really happening. Well, it's just interesting how, just comparing it once again to, to how they've handled Steve Rogers' arc, because you've got a lot less people kind of it, having their input on how his mm-hmm. character changes. Mm-hmm. Um, you've had a lot of people writing and directing Robert Downey That's Jr.'s true, yeah. version of Tony Stark. And the fact that it's been this consistent, mm-hmm. I actually think that's kind of the crowning achievement of the MCU. Yeah. Just that that character arc is such a clean... Mm-hmm. Well, because Thanks. I think it's an it's a obvious one for people to latch onto and be interested in yeah. as like new creative writers or you know whatever they want to do, like when they when basically the setup of starting kind of, I mean really from Avengers from the moment that you know he he's up in the space in space and gets yeah uh, you know blows up the the ship up there and then like kind of sees for a moment the the horrors yeah. that, that await him and everything and like starting from that point where he basically just has PTSD. Yeah. through that entire storyline and kind of they continue to compound on that with obviously the Mandarin blowing up his <laughs> entire home and yeah. like the Age of Ultron where he has the vision and then you know he creates Ultron basically yeah. and, and has to protect the world from that and just the continual compounding of like him panicking trying to fix or trying to protect I mean basically what he's saying about put a, a wall of armor around the world constantly trying to at, at one's put out the fires behind him that he has left behind and still trying to plan for the fires yes. ahead. Yes. Um, and that, the moment in Infinity War, I mean, I still, I was talking about this when we were rewatching it, the moment in Infinity War where the, uh, he battles Thanos, 
I think that is one of the greatest one-on-one battles in just like any medium because it's so creative and it's it's literally he is throwing every piece of his yeah. armor at Thanos to try to find some way it to stop it is literally the culmination and, of his technology in order to be able to stop this threat yes the, it is the threat he's been waiting for versus everything he's been trying to do to be able to stop it and he is able to get one drop of blood and then he gets stabbed in the chest <laughs> or stabbed in the, the side and then like with his own weapon with his own weapon and it's it's so wonderful and the way he acts that is so well and then he sees everyone he he tried to protect disintegrate around him and it's yeah. so incredible and and it's such a great moment as a jumping off point for this movie where that scene where he comes back like obviously it's nice when he's on the ship um and he's kind of talking to, to pepper through a video recording mm-hmm. and then but, him just hanging out with yeah him having hang out with like, nebula I is very want sweet that movie i want the buddy cop movie yeah. with iron man yeah. and nebula the, the football game the, the moment yeah. was, it, was it fun that is the most like it's the sweetest little thing we get from nebula and and just like i'm really excited to see what they do with her in guardians 3 and it's it's one of those moments where you feel like when you're watching the movie you're like that feels like something where where you got like generic studio executive coming in that can be cut yeah this movie's three hours why do you have that bit in there it's like no 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 no. (laughs) you don't you don't get it yeah Yeah. i've really underestimated karen gillen and these movies she's Mm -hmm. very good Mm mm-hmm Hundred um, percent. But talking about Tony getting back on Earth and confronting, like we were talking about earlier, confronting Cap and confronting everyone, and, and yeah, RDJ's performance there—it's just like, like it's so just raw and, and defensive and yeah. angry. And the special and, effects on making him yes emaciated are yes. wonderful, and it's just it's it's one, and then like kind of stopping him there, and then the next time we see him, he's got this this uh super cute young daughter that he's yeah. like playing with and like oh. it's so sweet and it's so like oh he he really just hit the bottom and now he's having to, to kind of rebuild himself um good and better so because because he thinks he lost yeah yeah and he's been such a dad like when he comes in he's talking to pepper and he's like not to make this like a contest but she loves me three thousand. yeah yeah <laughs> so, um uh yeah it's so good yeah uh and of course the, he has the recording at the end where he, he repeats that and uh, yeah, and uh, I love a good message played back at the end of the I movie. Know. I know the Amazing Spider-Man movies do that <laughs> in literally both movies, but I I, I like that when when yeah. that when they manage to make that work. Yeah, when you got it, great power, you gotta do good stuff. Um, <laughs> I really that's, that's way too accurate to those movies. <laughs> I, I wonder <laughs> Spider Verse did it best <laughs> when they just called it out. Yeah, I um. It's going to be okay, Joe. Well, I also wonder with, you know, we talk about the consistency. I'm sure RDJ has a lot of creative input. Yeah. And I'm sure half the dialogue is improv. Oh. He's mm-hmm. like, okay, I've got a general sense of where the scene goes. Okay, I got he it. He has said that he has zero respect for what's on the page. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also, like, Marcus and McFeely are just, like, tearing their hair <laughs> out. Just like, we uh, try to write this dialogue to cater to you. <laughs> the other actors are probably... <laughs> But Favreau, I'm sure, has has a little bit because Favreau produces a lot of these movies and he's still yes. on. I'm sure he's not at the same the, level. The moment of him sitting with Tony's daughter, very good. yes, and the, call, and the callback, mm-hmm. the Burger King callback yeah. to mm-hmm. him liking cheeseburgers. I know everyone said that it's it's such a heart, you know, yeah, it pulls at your heartstrings, but you know, oh, I, I, is great, and he's also just side note on Favreau, he's a very dependable filmmaker. I will say, going into Far From Home. That that's one thing that you'll be happy about. Yeah, yes. I just think I, I enjoy watching the movies, but I don't think I've seen a movie he's. I haven't seen all of his movies, 
but all the movies I've seen he's directed I've enjoyed like to some degree he's just he's a very competent capable he knows how to make a movie oh he's good yep no, I, I, I felt like... Um, oh, okay, also, the I Am Iron Man in this. Yes. Oh, man. Which he came up with, really? and that was literally the last thing they shot for the movie. Oh, man. Hmm. That's yeah. good. Tears and the It's one of those things that just like... seems like the most obvious yeah. place for them to yeah. go, but... The, I, but it works. And, it's, and yeah. it should not work. The, no, it should be the if, most cringe-inducing if they, thing. If they hadn't... Because that's the kind of thing that you do if you're a super or if you're a, a movie studio making trying to make your your big franchise movie. That's the thing you do at the beginning, at the end of the first movie. Most of the time, you're like, oh, we do the callback to the thing, and like like I, I, you I'm have gonna, him say it at the say, beginning. That's that's Superman grabbing Batman by the face and going, "Do you bleed?" <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, you, you have something like that. Do you where remember it's like, when Batman said that? <laughs> do yeah. you feel something? Yes. I also remember the '90s. Go on. <laughs> he, yeah, uh, it, it's it's like that's the kind of thing you would do where you you have some setup at the beginning of the movie where he says I am Iron Man and at the end and yeah. you you blow that in one movie and it's terrible and it's not earned at all and it's just like all right right um, the, the fact that they held on to that for that long came up with that and then and then executed that after these twenty three movies where it was like that's that's a beautiful way to sort of capstone this entire thing. Well, it's just nice comparing how narcissistic both he and Thanos are. And, yes. and Thanos is constantly going on these long spiels about like, I am inevitable. You won't be able yep. to stop me. And, and Tony's just like, I am Iron Man. Yeah. And it's the like, way he delivers it's, it's that. Very, it's very narcissistic, but it's also straightforward and to the point. Yes. The way he, the way he delivers that where he's, you know, struggling, showing that he's like struggling against yeah. the stones and everything. And the way it's perfect it's just so good well his death scene just in general I love that they don't pull punches with just how damaged he is yes. I mean does he, he says like one or two things he right? says hey pep and yeah. that's it mm-hmm. and I liked how they chose it. it's Rhodey it's Spider-Man yeah. it's Pepper that's it yep. and, and then we just have Thor and Cap standing off to the side because yeah. they don't need to be up, he, up in his face right, just crying their eyes out it's like these three people and that's they, all they're awesome. respecting a fallen comrade Oh, by letting his loved yeah. ones be with him. Oh, and the Spider-Man hug? Are you yes. kidding yes. me? Uh huh. Mm-hmm. That is so powerful. Mm-hmm. That he's just like, oh, I'm Mr. Stark. Oh, this amazing thing happened. Blah, 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 blah. And then he just like kind of collapses yeah. on him. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the great little moment that that almost is easy to miss, where he's in his kitchen and he sees the photo, like he realizes he has the photo of, of Peter yeah. sort of like tucked away, and it's like. Yeah. And, like, that's sort of part of the impetus for him to be like, I should figure out time travel. Well, um, and the funny thing is right next to that photo is the photo of his dad. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And then, Which we need to talk about. Yeah. I like that. Uh, John Slattery did a nice job there. Yes. And I like to say that I'm, 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 uh, How, I'm Howard Potts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I thought that was all. If I didn't know, I already, went, I went into this movie knowing that, that Iron Man dies, but I was like, that that even not knowing that that's still really lovely that he gets yes. this before he dies that he he gets to have this moment with his dad. Well, just going all the way back to the first movie, like when when he comes back from uh, the Middle East and, and yeah. he ha- holds the press conference to say he's not selling weapons anymore. The first thing he says is, "You know, I never got to say goodbye to my dad." Mm. Yeah. About it when they wrote the movie. What's also, I mean, just going back to Iron Man one, it's really satisfying when he says, "I am Iron Man," just because it's a really cool moment. Yeah. But it's also uh, Elliot Kalin from the Flophouse has talked a lot about he doesn't buy the oh we can't tell people about it people can't know that we're this mm-hmm. 
and he he said that's why I love the first Iron Man is because he's like no I'm just gonna go ahead and tell you I'm Iron Man because whatever yeah like why does it matter that you don't that Iron Man is a secret identity yeah. like yeah. here this is this is the deal yeah. and I think that are those the only two times he has a moment of like I am Iron Man he also says it in Iron Man two when he is uh, at the Senate hearing okay mm-hmm. okay gotcha. Uh, but yeah, it's, oh well, he also says it at the end of Iron Man Three. Okay, okay. You know, I think he said it. <laughs> just says it. I think he said it in Due Date too. Yeah. Um, Is that in Sherlock Holmes? <laughs> oh, he's thinking of a Scanner Darkly. Oh, thank you. Uh, thank, thank you for clarifying. But but it was it was very sweet to see him talking with uh, with Howard Stark. Yeah. And like it was cool to see Jarvis and. Well, it's mm-hmm. nice that the extra element of Tony having a child and Howard is like Tony's about to be born. Yeah. yeah. And Howard is asking him for <laughs> like it's it's very interesting that uh-huh. that that dichotomy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do we know? So talking of Jarvis, Vision's coming back because he's they're doing the Wandavision, right? Seemingly. Who knows if he's actually there? If it's like her hallucinating, it, who knows? But Paul Bettany. But Paul Bettany yes. is going to be okay. it. I should hope because he's really good as Vision. Yes, I mean he was born yesterday. Oh, still one of my favorite lines. I, I, was, I, know. Ex- I, know. Thing. I was expecting coming out of Infinity War for them to have come up with some way to resurrect him. Yeah, at least sure. to some degree. Like maybe this was us not actually knowing if Shuri was dead or not. Sure, but maybe she puts him back together yeah, in some yeah. way or something. But she, so we decided she was gone, right? Yeah, she and is dead. Scarlet Witch disappears yes. in the meantime. Yeah, so it's kind of like <laughs> who's going to dra- lead that it's, charge? Yeah. Imbaku's like, you know what? <laughs> no, you know Bruce, what? Bruce is just standing there. We help put them together. I guess. <laughs> well, I got nothing else to do. Yeah. What um? What stone did Vision have in his head? The mind, mind stone. stone. Okay. Okay. Cool. Which came from Loki's scepter. Mm-hmm. What yes. color is the soul stone? Orange. 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 Okay. Gotcha. Because <laughs> I've been thinking that was yellow. Gotcha. Right. Yeah, no, the, the Mind Stone matter. is yellow, and then, yeah. That all adds up. It doesn't really matter all that much. It I matters immensely. He, well, never mind. You have. Anyway. <laughs> Color um, dude. But yeah, I think... Gotta go out this, with style. And that's... A th- the, talking about all of the different references they lay in, especially with Tony, um, I think the biggest takeaway I had from this was, like... I mean, obviously, I loved it, just watching it immediately, yeah. but... We had sort of recent. How many? I can't remember how many movies I watched up to this, like leading into this. But I think it was. It hadn't been too long ago that we'd gone through all the movies, MC movies on the podcast. Yeah, correct. Um, and so it's kind of like revisiting some of them before Endgame came out, and thinking back to that experience, I was kind of like, you know, I I don't know if I'll ever like, at least not for a very long time, if I'll go through and like I'll actually watch the whole series again. Like you yeah. know, this movie does so much to make. I feel like almost every single movie, in some small way, important to your understanding of yes. the overall narrative in this. And, like, I I don't know how they did that. <laughs> in, yeah. a, in a way that is not, like, I'm not... Like, I was really expecting, especially when some of the reviews were coming out and they were talking about that, I was really thinking there would be a lot of, uh, like, time traveling back to every single movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was expecting that to play more of a part and that they would, yeah. like, oh, they're circling through everything and there's, right. like, a little cameo scene in each one or something like that. But this is, like... They chose three very specific places to revisit, revisit, or very specific times, I guess, to revisit. And then they just have so many characters and references and things that are important yeah. that make it like, oh, it's actually rewarding if I want to go back and, and rewatch, right. you know, Ant-Man and the Wasp or Thor 2, for that matter. Like, it's, it, 
you know, there, there's, it's a very interesting place to take this, um, and to to be able to sort of have a celebration of, oh, even even the ones that kind of we didn't like or you didn't like very much, we're still kind of proud of, and we're you know, yeah, we want you to yeah. to be excited about everything that we built. Over and this and retroactively giving those things some some heft, yes, and and showing those movies the respect, like you know, we don't need to make fun of Dark World. Let's let's yes. bolster it a little. We'll make a little fun of Dark World. <laughs> yeah, but but not in the way that they're like, oh, we're ashamed of that. But yep. Like, oh yeah, that was kind of a was, we we goofed. But hey, we, we, there's something in here we can pull to make it yeah. really powerful. Well, because like a lot of really emotional things happened to Thor. Right. Movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's a pretty it's rough important. time for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Every movie is a pretty rough time for Thor. Sure. That's a very fair point. <laughs> Except for the first two Avengers movies. Sure. He, I mean, he, he has to put Loki away, but it's fine. Fine. It's fine. It's in a weird bath in one of them. Correct. He sees visions. Yeah. Of the stones? Was that what that was supposed to yes. be? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. That is the first setup to be like, there are infinity stones, guys! Right. Yeah. Um... I think Josh Brolin is good in this, but clearly Infinity War was where they gave him the, the, the feast. <laughs> yes. Well, because this is, and that's another interesting angle on this is, I guess we haven't really talked about Thanos in this. Um, Thanos and Infinity War, obviously, he's having a lot more conversations. And he's, he's, yeah. he's going out and he's taking the stones himself. He's, he's discussing these things. And like, um, we, I mean, we talked about that one about how much like that movie is about sacrifice and like the fact that he's willing to sacrifice others for the greater good yeah quote unquote yeah and, what he um, feels is yes and the fact that like the ultimate response in this movie is Black Widow and Iron Man both sacrifice themselves they're like alright well if if we have to sacrifice somebody it's gonna be us yeah like we're, we're not gonna ask someone else to do that for us um but I think also there's there's a really interesting angle that has kind of been touched on um but the fact that the, the Thanos that we get in this movie is from 2014 mm. And it wasn't until kind of after Age of Ultron where we get that one bit of him being like, all right, I'm going to do this myself. Yeah. We get that in credit scene. And so that's a really interesting angle to take it of like, this is a much angrier and more sort of... Uh, he likes the fight. Yeah, a little more emotional, it seems. You know, he, he hasn't gone on this kind of holy quest to, mm-hmm. to begin getting these stones. Um, and he's still kind of pu- putting minions around on the chessboard to try and have them go and do things for him. Whereas... By the time we get to Infinity War, he's like, I'm tired of this. I'm doing this myself. Yeah. I just beat up Xandar, got the Power Stone, and now we're, you know, moving forward. And so, like, that's a really interesting angle to think this. Again, we get the uh, the helica- helicopter blades, which some people have said is a reference to the uh, the Thanos copter, because <laughs> everyone was joking about that um, in the lead-up to this movie. Uh, but, yeah, it's... I just think that's that's a cool like basically in, in the last movie we got oh this is just a man on a mission he's got yeah. you know the stones and everything so he can kind of do whatever he wants um, no one ever really poses that much of a threat to him until Thor hits him in the chest and then he obviously all that happens yeah. um, this is a lot more like I'm I don't have the stones I'm coming in and I'm I'm using brute force to try and take these people out right. and that's a really interesting angle to take this because we didn't get to see him doing as much of like what made him so terrifying and what allowed him to build these armies that's true in in infinity war so but he still has the propensity for monologues yes can you imagine like like gamora and nebula morning dad the morning (laughs) is for the week (laughs) the evening comes regardless of what you wish and he's just like pouring like captain crunch (laughs) (laughs) 
Dad, the you're only... pouring you're pouring cereal in your orange juice. <laughs> the only <laughs> to find true flavor, you must blend. No life, no, no revelation was ever found in homogeny. <laughs> what, Dad? Are you... <laughs> he's like in a robe. He's he's putting it in the microwave. He's like, <laughs> the flames <laughs> must test you to discover who you are. You must kill the past. <laughs> Why all those Darth Vader dad comics? I want Thanos <laughs> dad. Because Thanos is a dad. I think we he talked about this in Infinity War, but he's such a... Like, not just biologically. Yeah, I mean, yeah, well, yeah. he's not biologically. Sure, sure. Thanos is a dad in the sense that, like, that's how he treats everybody. And ultimately, I mean, he uses multiple multiple weapons that are, are spinning blades. So, I mean, you know, specifically, mm-hmm. he, he he uses the, uh, the giant machine that yeah. kind of cuts through... The ground, you know, he's got a. It's basically a big lawnmower. That's he's true. got the spinning blades. He's, Let me do this way: If Thanos were, were to go to a store on Earth, it would be Home Depot. It's true. Yeah, well, he might be a Lowe's guy. Maybe That's actually, fair. he might be more of an Ace Hardware guy. That's very possible. <laughs> um, but the then point still stands. He, he just wants some peace and quiet. He wants to sit on his farm and and. You know, just he does go garden. to a homemade shack. He goes you to know a, he built that. Deck. Yes, he goes to a shack he probably built himself, and <laughs> and you know he is not cool with that thermostat changing. No, 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 no. The thermostat, he calls it. <laughs> um, I also, I was getting some heavy God of War flashbacks when he mm-hmm. was in his his thing with his like he was all burned up in his little shack making mm-hmm. his thing. I was like, oh yeah, his his son Atreus is about to walk in. <laughs> Oh dear! Mm-hmm. I think if we if we start a tweet um, rally, I guess uh, we can we can like a I don't know like a hashtag or something. Whatever the kids do these days. Um, if we, do you think we can we can get Josh Brolin to say "boy"? Oh, that'd be great. Have you seen the video of when the voice actors Christopher Judge and Little Boy were presenting at some award show? I don't think so. They they do the little intro banter. And then they have the envelope, and they're just kind of standing there. And Christopher Judge goes, "Read it, boy," <laughs> before the kid <laughs> does the winner. Oh, it's so good. There, he refers to Ronan as "boy" in Guardians. Yeah, of the Galaxy. I'm trying to remember the quote. You played a good game, boy. That's from Phantasm. Um, he he said he says something like, "Do not mock me, boy." <laughs> it's pretty good. He does say that. Wait, in what movie? In Guardians. Gar- Guardians. When Ronan's like. Uh, is Thanos in Guardians? Yeah. For a scene. Yeah. Is it Josh Brolin? Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's the first time you played him. Interesting. I did not recall. And that. Ronan's like, you're a big meanie head. I like this purple stone. It's mine now. <laughs> and again, we, we kind of talk Boy! about this. Yeah. We kind of talk about this in Infinity War. Um, Thanos is very much like piecemeal, just like, I don't know, we'll, we'll put him here, I guess, for now. Yeah. And then like they, it takes them quite a while for them to be like, I mean, yeah. really until Infinity War, for them to be like, all right, let's figure out who this guy is. Sure. Um, I, I mean, I really loved Brolin and Infinity War. I thought he did some really lovely work in that. Mm-hmm. Um, similar to Ultron, it's it's a role that is largely vocal. Except yes. that he also... I mean, I don't know that Ultron... Did Spader do mocap for yes, Ultron? He did, he did okay. a little bit? Okay. Um, I, I, it's just that you can see more facial expressions with yes. um, Brolin. But, like, both performances are a lot of, like, a guy with a cool voice saying cool things. Yeah ominously but he does it really well and also the I am inevitable line is a great sentence Mm -hmm. well it's also nice foreshadowing for literally Thanos from a different timeline (laughs) coming back to haunt them yeah 
Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else we need to really touch on in this? Um, uh, Spider-Man does the instant kill mode, which is very good. Yes. Yeah. And it looks mm-hmm. like 300. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He had a nice uh, Renaissance painting stack up. <laughs> <laughs> he did. Before Cap's hammer, like, yes. Mjolnir oh saved him. There's a couple... Hey, Peter Parker, you got something for me? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so good. Mm-hmm. That is the one reason I don't totally dismiss Captain Marvel from this movie and say she should she just shouldn't be in the movie. Because there's there's stuff like that, or, or like when yeah. Thor says, I like her. Or, yeah, I like her. that was good. Yes. Um, yeah, it's a... This... I did like when she was like, they they had they did a lot of like, oh, there's stuff happening on other planets. That's why Captain Marvel's not in the movie. Yeah. There's reasons. Don't worry about no. it. Well, but, at least... She was like, I'm going to be gone for a while. And Rocket goes, you're going to get another haircut? <laughs> well, at least it comes from, it makes sense given the ending of Captain Marvel right. where it's like, oh, she's off doing things in space. Yeah. So yeah. that's like where she thrives. Right. Um, and, and I do wonder if the, if the Captain Marvel 2 will cover... Between Captain Marvel and Infinity yeah, War, or will cover Infinity War yeah. through her coming back to help out in yeah. Endgame. Yeah. No idea. Hard to so say. I mean, how did she get that haircut? We need to know. Space Barber. She she changed up her outfit. She did. She yeah. And like all superhero movies, we need to know how she changed up. Her outfit. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a couple of minor nitpicky things. Go on. I don't even know if I should bother to mention them. Probably not. Raccoon's eyes aren't red. Next. <laughs> well, I, I know, like, Tyler and I discussed, like, it's alternate reality, so it's okay if stuff's slightly different, but when they go back to the past, there's a couple of weird inconsistencies with the, the movies that they're referencing. Um, the first one is Captain America versus Captain America. Uh, 2012, Captain America is in a very clean suit, and he has a cowl. And Can we... remember in... The first Avengers movie, he loses the cow, like it gets pulled off of him, and then he never gets it back, and he gets shot, and he's like battle weary at the end of the movie. And even in the shawarma scene, after the credits, he is still wearing the the battle hardened suit, and they mention in this with Iron Man and Thor, like oh, oh they're they're about to go get shawarma, yeah. but they haven't done that yet. Can I? Can I? Uh, how many? How many nitpicky things you have? I want to see how many. Then one more. Okay. okay, I was gonna say because I and I was trying to do this to you while you were you were saying these things during the movie because I refused to let any part of this movie be wrong. Um, <laughs> but I, I wanna I want, I'm gonna I'm gonna give my best no prize attempt uh, to <clears throat> for for those of you who don't know this is the uh, classic Marvel thing of any time there was something that like wasn't well explained in a comic the fans would write in be like, oh, I assume it's this, and then, or I assume this is what you meant to do, and then they'd be like, yes, and they'd, they'd call it a no prize because they don't actually give them anything. It's just like a fan letter fun thing. I would make the argument, maybe he has a spare suit, and he wasn't going to change into it before he goes to get the, the shawarma because it's just like, why, why bother? But then they find out that Loki escaped, and he's like, oh, I got to dive back into battle. And so he goes yeah, yeah. and he, he grabs his spare suit. What's the timing on that? Good. Uh, well, I was going to say, does the cap... <laughs> it's does, perfect. No, Moving does, on. Does the cap v. cap fight happen before... I should not even be like... No, because... No, it's after Loki escapes. Cap, cap walks up and says, oh, I found Loki. I've got eyes on Loki. Okay. Yeah. The other ar- argument you can make there is, it, maybe it's actually Loki. <laughs> I thought <laughs> about this. Now that's actually really fun. Ooh. Now, is, now I, I, was, I feel like your second one is going to be like an IMDb trivia thing. Like, no. this movie purports that there are aliens on other planets. In actuality, <laughs> we haven't discovered aliens on other planets yet. 
This suggests there's an infinity gauntlet. This suggests that in 2012, there was an attack on New York by an alien army. Um, <laughs> no, There are no such records. <laughs> yes. This movie actually says that there's a New York City. I've never been there. So I've never I, seen so it. So how can I know it exists? <laughs> Sincerely, Roanoke, Virginia. That's right. <laughs> it's our own callback. <laughs> We've earned it. <laughs> Have um, we? <laughs> Right, right into Here Comes Sequels to tell us how Taft didn't sink the Titanic. You'll be wrong. <laughs> Look at the data. <laughs> Follow the money. See where it goes. Um, my only other like major nitpicky thing in terms of the time travel stuff. Yeah. Um, in Guardians, when Chris Pratt goes to get the Power Stone from the ancient temple. Yeah. Immediately after he grabs it, uh, Korath, uh, mm-hmm. Juman Hansu's character. Yes. Shows up to confront him, and when they do that, the same exact thing, mm-hmm. he's nowhere to be seen. Okay. Space traffic. Well, <laughs> actually, it, 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 it was a space jam. Here's a. What? <laughs> you know, I was going to explain that was it. Great. I was going to explain it, but he's got it. That's it. We're good. All right. I just. You say, almost let that slip. You were. Just, you just. You grabbed it. The the only point I would add is that pull that stone out of your infinity gauntlet. (laughs) Smack down the punch. The comedy punch. Okay, (laughs) Alex. Sorry. Yes, please continue. Well, the only point I would have is it's weird that we have Juman Hansu in Captain Marvel, which I know it's filmed after this, but like it's similar time frame. Yeah, and they didn't get him to come back. Yeah, for it's weird. Um. Not a big deal, but also that that is about the time where my worst thing happens with Nebula and the time it's, travel. It's stuff. almost like it would make a lot more sense. And, and Joseph, we I think we came up with a no prize for this while we were talking or while we were watching. So you can address this after. But it's almost like it would make more sense if she got frozen and then Korath shows up they and he's like, yeah. "Oh, hey, it's you," because isn't he? He's working for Ronan, right? Yeah. So like, if he just shows up and he's like, "Hey, Ronan." I found I found Thanos's daughter, and Thanos is like, "She's right here." What are you? And then like, you just have that be how Thanos gets her. Yeah, like that. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Yeah, and then you can just have him continue to be this sort of random side character. Here, yeah. You know? Well, it, for me, it's just strange how they seem to be so hell bent on. We need to recreate moments that you recognize from the previous movies and have the callbacks yeah. and everything. And then there's just a couple of weird things that they just. I don't know if they forget about them or if they're just like, we don't need to deal with that. Sure. I don't know. It's strange. Alternate realities. <laughs> oh, I thought I, I thought bo- our, our... I believe I said well, that when I first started. My explanation points. for this would be that uh, Star-Lord was just listening to the same song three times in a row because he was really enjoying dancing to it. <laughs> so so it was, uh, Korag actually showed up like half an hour later. Yes. <laughs> Those are kind of the big things. I've, sure. Not big things. Those are very small things. Um, those are kind of the, the small, minor, nitpicky things I, I had issues with. Um, yeah. Overall, I, I really like the movie. So. Oh, yeah. In, any final point, points before we decide to wrap this all up? Um, I do feel like this movie could be longer. I particularly sure. want more in the final battle. Sure. I feel like... Tyler and I were talking about this, comparing it to something like the Lord of the Rings movies with how Peter Jackson does his battles, mm-hmm. where those are very clear on scale and choreography and knowing which side is doing well versus yeah. the other side. Whereas the Russos in particular, with their big battles, they tend to focus on very small moment-to-moment 
things, sure. as opposed to the overall flow of the battle. Mm-hmm. So, just personal preference and what yeah. you want from your big scale battles. But I found it very weird how we kind of get to the end and everybody's just kind of gone except for Thanos and like a few token characters. Yeah. Um, and we don't really know, like, I don't know how the good guys are doing at this point versus the bad guys. And then, like, right as Iron Man snaps, there's a the big whale alien thing is it's about, about to, to kill Rocket. I'm like, are. How many of those are like still around? You know, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I start to have those kinds of questions. Sure, um, and I feel like if if you had it be a lot more extended, and we actually followed like several groups of our heroes kind of throughout the battle, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking like, and this is me once again just considering if you did remove Captain Marvel, how things would play out differently. Mm-hmm. Um, like maybe the Guardians go as a team to go take out the ship from above, sure. or you know something like that. Yeah, because it is, like you said, it's a different approach. And part of that is also the source material, where Tolkien was clearly writing these military campaigns. Yeah. It's like Helm's Deep. It's like, okay, so we're all here in the siege thing, and they're coming this way, but then the Rohirrim come out this way. So because there's that foundation to work from. And it's it's very impressive that Peter Jackson did that in a way that made sense, when everyone's wearing gray and black armor. Yes. And that's awesome. Whereas in this, it's like, we just have bad guys here, good guys here. So they smash together and yeah. just crazy stuff is happening. Right. And some of that may be to like clean up the, well, technically, couldn't Thor just have lightning rain down and everything? Or, sure. you know, stuff. Or couldn't Captain Marvel just float around and just photon everybody? Yeah. You know, stuff like that. But, and also, that said, though, there are more individual characters in this movie that you want to see doing individual yeah. things. Right. And, and you have that you have you want to see individual fellowship members so you have like a much smaller number in the the Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. you, you you can get a little more out of seeing armies smash against each other in spaces right. and like you said they, they both work in different ways yeah. yeah it's just personal preference sure um, and then also just we don't want the battle to go on too long because yeah. that we're in dangerous territory of it just getting horribly yes. repetitive and boring sure can I just say we were I was specifically, the movie does not fall into that yes no, I was specifically trying to pay attention to this the fact that it there's basically exactly one hour given for every yeah. section of the movie yeah. which is is quite nice uh that's i i'm, I'm impressed by the structure yes. very much as i was impressed by the structure of infinity war but in a different way mm-hmm. different but also good i can't argue with that so yeah well have we actually talked about the portal scene well, oh, we haven't. We were. I guess we I were like saying the, that. That's like the big elephant that we just. Yeah, that's even... true. That's true. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't know how much there is to say about it other than it's amazing. Well, there's Let's several watch things. It on a loop for ten hours. I thought I had the thought. I don't know how much there is to say about it. And as I was finishing that sentence, at least four things came into my mind that I wanted to say about it. Um, but I mean, the first thing is, I think every time I watch that, I always think. This is the time that, that you know, it's going to be kind of like, okay, I, you know, I know what's yeah. happening, so it's not going to hit me that hard. But every time it's like, you know, tearing up, like, oh, man, this is, you know, shivers. Like, it's so good. It's so, the music, the the way everything is shot, that I, I don't even know how they pulled that off. Um, yeah. Well, and that it starts with Sam. Yeah. And when he says, on your left, I was like, they did it. <laughs> We're good. On your left, I was like, "Oh man!" Yes. And then it's just like this slow walk out. Like I'm assuming people were cheering in the theater. Yes, hundred oh, yeah. percent. Those, especially specifically those three characters, the first to walk. They, out. That was the other thing. I, they knew exactly what they were doing when they they had Black Panther be the first one to be like, "I'm back." Yeah, and um, the Shuri and Okoye right there. Yes. And then is it them and then Falcon? 
yes. kind of flies Falcon, out, and yeah. then Spider Man, I think, after him. Yes, yeah, Spider Man was the other one that's like, oh, yeah, you you, you know you because because he specifically gets the dynamic sort of like swinging to the screen, right? And um, watching it this time, it's like I don't have to be sad anymore that he's gone again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and Doctor Strange shows up, and you're like, "Yeah, okay." And then, <laughs> well, no, then everyone starts lining up. Well, yeah. right after they're like, "You wanted more?" Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and then Ant Man shoots well, out of the building. It's just nice how far reaching it is because we have like the Asgardian showing up, and they're actually wearing their Asgardian armor. Mm-hmm. There's like, um, I think Kraglin's in the back with with some of the other uh, Ravagers, uh-huh. and we see mm. like Contraxia, that planet from Guardians too. Um, oh, sure. We, we see, like, there's so many deep pulls from that. Yeah. Well, I always get really goosebumpy and choked up when, like, Wakanda, in, in this yes. end in Infinity War, when I'm like, an entire, like, Earth nation came out right. to help. Like, <laughs> yes. that's so moving on so many different levels yes. of why that's uh-huh. a powerful thing to yes. be like, this, it, that would be like, you know, the entire nation of, like, Brazil or something just <laughs> yeah. showed up yeah. to defend <laughs> all the dimensions or something. It's just incredibly powerful. Because, again, you're talking about you know, Hawkeye, all those people, they're just soldiers. Mm-hmm. They're incredibly proficient soldiers from the wealthiest nation on the planet, mm-hmm. but they're just people. Mm-hmm. And that's right. so powerful that yeah. you have all of these superpowered beings, but you also just have regular Joe guys yes. who are like showing up to help. It's yeah. amazing. I got a fancy spear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, the other thing too, they're talking about like the, the nice shots. There's a, there's a specific sort of, it's, it is real quick, but there's a, there's a good wide shot of, just all of the portals like lining up basically to like the sky like yeah. and it's it's such a cool effect and like design because and it's it really is i mean talking about the color grading a little bit and how it does get a little sort of muddy at the end um i think the the use of like both the portals and of captain marvel when she's like smashing through the ship yeah. the use of sort of the light to offset the dark yeah. and like specifically that big awesome shot of Captain America standing across from all of Thanos' armies mm-hmm. you can see the sun like right above him sort of like peeking out through mm-hmm. the clouds yeah it's all it's amazing how like I, I don't want to be the, the the guy to do this again but I'm just comparing it to like the DC movies yep. and like whenever you get to like the super violent action scene after everything's exploded and it's just gray yeah. and there's nothing to it and right. everybody just looks dark like mm-hmm. like Superman's just wearing like it's supposed to be blue but it just looks yeah. gray um, and then this one they manage like yes Captain America like his suit does look darker but I, I feel like just with the portals and you get everything else it's just like it doesn't lose its sense of of like oh this comes from a comic book yes well and it also feels like it matches the tone yes it's a choice and not just I guess we're just we're trying to make our world look like this no it's supposed to be oh Thanos is trying to make everything like hell yeah and everything's supposed to it's supposed to be <laughs> yeah. very bleak which is and then know. the portals are like bright and colorful and it's like oh mm-hmm. hope yeah, yeah exactly. hope is coming from above yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's a beautiful scene including literally hope and time yeah 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 I do like the little bit, d- despite my my dislike of Ant Man and the Wasp. I do like when when uh, they kind of reunite and mm-hmm. they don't really say anything to each other. But they're like, "All right, we're going to help get get to the truck," and they just yeah. kind of like well, nod at each other and then they they go specifically to work. have the they say Cap. Uh, yeah, and she, so she it's, says it's Cap. a reference to yeah. Uh, yeah. her being like, "You call him Cap," and he's like, "Yeah, that's ridiculous." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so there's good. just a lot. Yeah, and, it's, and it really is like. Infinity War, I, I, when we did uh, the prequel trilogy, Star Wars prequel trilogy, but yeah. actually two, two good examples, both the Star Wars prequel trilogy and um, the Harry Potter movies. Uh, I think in both those cases, when you get to the last movie, uh, 
they really are paying for the sins of the previous movies. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that you've got a weak foundation, so now that you're trying to pay stuff off, yes. and it's like, we, you're not... This is all falling what apart. What you set up is crap, so <laughs> yes. what are you trying to pay off? Yes, it's yeah. all just falling apart. This is really paying for the, the... I think Infinity War was the real sort of, like, power move here, like, yeah. just in terms of how tight that movie is and, and how incredible the pacing is and the, how incredible incredibly it sets up Thanos everything and sort of like getting you to accept the fact that all our heroes just lost like all yeah. of that is so well done and is such a great build up for this that this is such a cathartic moment because of that and so this this movie I think really does it they can they are able to allow this to kind of be a little more loose and fun and you know celebratory and, and have all this fan service because Infinity War really paved the way for them to be like like they pulled that off so yeah. well mm-hmm. for them to be able to be like, all right, now we can really just ha- just revel in this. Yeah, um, yeah. It's it's an, it's incredibly impressive. Definitely. And I think however you feel about superhero movies or anything, what the MCU has done is objectively impressive. Yes, that mm-hmm. they have twenty two, twenty three, whatever movies that are all interconnected and that are trackable and they make sense. Like it's it's really really special. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Guys, if you could quantum jump your way back to any of our previous episodes, and maybe you change things, maybe just relive a fun memory. Where would you go? As we as we look back on twenty two years of Here Come the Sequel, <laughs> it feels like that long. Sometimes <laughs> I'd go back to Batman and Robin for the taftening. Oh, that was a good yeah. one. Like, yeah. That's one of my. I favorite. thought it was earlier than that, but I can't remember. That maybe is it wasn't. that is one of my favorite. Sure, sure. Bits that we've ever done on this. I, I, I miss uh, Dawn of Score Sheet. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Whenever I made you guys think that I was going to give uh, Jurassic Park three a C, <laughs> I think I would go back and and not uh, have the audio break in episode three and four. <laughs> and have to redo the Transformers uh, three and four uh, audio for like Ooh. two, two or three times. We two had times? to discuss both of those movies three times. Jeez. <laughs> I mean, no one did it to us. We didn't have to. We, we put ourselves through it. I would go back <laughs> to the first holiday special so I could meet Santa because I didn't get to meet Santa. Oh, you did? I was gonna no, say I go back. To it was first, cool, dude. Yeah, it I, sounds I go, like it. I go back to the first uh, holiday special, which of course I don't remember, and I would fix the audio for me. <laughs> yeah, I would also. I would go back and I'd fix your headache, so you'd have a better time. That's that's true. <laughs> See, lack of sleep can ruin a podcast for you. <laughs> but it's really about the headaches we made along the way. <laughs> oh gosh. All right. So I, I was promised two recommendations. Yeah. Okay. So my first one I can do real quick. This was a big, huge cast bombastic $8 billion movie. Oh, boy. <laughs> so I'm going to recommend a much smaller movie called... But it is also uh, about... No, it's not really about that at all. I'm gonna, a much smaller movie called Eagle vs. Shark. Mm-hmm. It is, I believe, Taika Waititi's first yep. feature. Uh, it's a oddball rom-com starring Jemaine Clement and Lauren... Now her baby's name is Lauren Taylor. At the time, it was Lauren something else. Uh, but and she, she, she and Taika came up with a story, and then Taika wrote and directed it. And it's it's just this, like... I mean, it's Taika, so it's 
weird. Like, but it's very funny and it's sweet and it's it it has a little bit of that early. It was made in two thousand seven, so this like early aughts like twee quality that a lot of indie movies at the time had. Most I'm thinking of Juno, um, but at the same time, it is very charming. And Jemaine Clement is super funny. It's all about like this girl who work, woman who works at a restaurant called the Meaty Boy, who is in love with Jemaine Clement, who's just this like total loser who's on a revenge mission. And like practicing all his karate and everything, and it's just a lot of delightful New Zealanders being really weird at each other. Uh, my other recommendation is in a different medium. This is a comic book that I'm going to recommend. We're talking about a comic book movie, uh, and this is another sort of all-star team-up. Uh, in this one, this features the uh, young billionaire Bruce Wayne, who literally moonlights as a caped crusader known as the Batman. And in this comic, he's teaming up with full, with a quartet of, shall we say, genetically enhanced reptiles. Some heroes in a half shell, if you will. That's right, I read Batman slash Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles by James Tinian IV, and it's awesome. Now look, I would go, I could tell you all the panels that made me really, really happy. But that would be spoiling things, and there are way too many. This book totally gets me. It is fan service, not done as well, nearly as well as Endgame. <laughs> I'm giving Joseph an aneurysm. Um, it is completely... It, look, look. <laughs> There's a part in this book where Michelangelo gets Batman to eat pizza, and then Batman goes, that's good. So, <laughs> what else do you need? It is a really, really fun, goofy read starring my favorite turtle donatello and those are my two recommendations guys pretty good <laughs> joseph is so mad at me all right I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and, and get my grade out of the way yes yeah. uh, thing um I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go with a b plus um i think where i was sitting at before uh watching this movie again was kind of a b or a b minus potentially um I still do have problems with the movie, but for the most part, they're they're rather small, and the movie does an excellent job closing out th this this section of, of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and it's very satisfying. Uh, it's a good time. It's a good time. Yeah, and it doesn't feel like three hours. No, which is always a very good sign. Absolutely. Joseph, A plus. Hey, um, that's that's a shocker. What do you, what do you Anything additional, just A+. Plus. There's nothing more to be said. It's the best Marvel movie. A+. Plus. I can't justify not giving it an A+. Plus. Like, I was going to go A, but I'm like, I don't know why it's not an A+. Plus. You know what I mean? So yeah, A+. Plus. Okay. I'm fine with that. I really wanted to give it, like, a some sort of special grade. Um, I think, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go, I'm going to give it an S for Stan Lee. Ooh. I think I think I got it. I think I gotta go there. <laughs> well, there's also there. There you, people do like tier rankings and stuff, mm -hmm. where they do like mm -hmm. S is above A and it's not really That's that. True. It really is like specifically because I think this is such an incredible realization of what Stanley and Jack Kirby as well. Stanley specifically because he he passed away, but recently, but um. Jack Kirby as well, of course, is is, is also yeah. deserves all the credit for this. Um, but 
what they started way back in the 60s like this this shouldn't exist yeah <laughs> and this was the main my main takeaway kind of rewatching it this time was like there's no way they should have been able to sort of get this through the the movie studio oh, yeah. process <laughs> like yeah the fact that several points it was nearly halted yeah like the fact that kevin feige was able to just carve this out and be like i have this little space mm-hmm. i'm gonna do this this thing here and it's it's under this umbrella that can pump all the money they want into this as long as i keep making money for them yeah and i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna do this in a way that is pays such great homage to these characters in the comics and to the comics i love and like i i don't know how they did it and i don't know how we got here and i'm very happy they did but it was inevitable yeah well, and, and also the... And it was also Iron Man. <laughs> the fact that the last thing, uh, the, the, the line that Stanley has in this movie is make love, not war. Yeah. Is, yeah. There's a lot to that. That's I, I had that thought, too, that like his his cameo in uh, Captain Marvel, I think, is really sweet, too. I don't know. Did we mention it in the podcast? I don't know if we, we did. Um, basically, where, where he's reading <clears throat> the Mallrat script on the, the oh, bus yeah. and, and Captain Marvel gives him a smile. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, this specifically, I, I think that's such a sweet like to have him riding off into the sunset. He's yeah, he's he's saying make love, not war, and and he's mm-hmm. he's driving off in the seventies, and you know he's just having a grand old time. Like yeah. that's such an awesome like final cameo for him. Um, yeah, and and, and and like you said, that this movie is about them trying to bring people back. It's not about we have to destroy Thanos until the end. Yes, their goal for much of the movie yes. is like let's just bring. Well, and on. and the snap, yeah, the snap is yeah yeah basically yeah. it's it's. The it's, entire thing is about bringing people back. Yeah. And then it's about protecting them mm-hmm. as opposed to, yeah. We just want to go out and destroy things. Yes. Absolutely. Saving the people we love. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, though, like, revenge, much like jealousy, is like expect, like drinking poison and expecting someone else to die. Mm-hmm. And that and that's what Thor learns and, and what this movie's about. I like when superheroes save people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. More like Avengers Friend Game. You know, yeah. guys? In a way. Oh, man. Well, guys, uh, next week, what are we watching? Alex, what are we watching next week, bud? What, 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 what is the next You movie? can find us online at herecomethesequels.blogspot.com. <laughs> you can find us on Twitter at HCTSequels. Uh, you can find us on iTunes if you search Here Come the Sequels. Uh, and you can find us through email if you search uh, or if you email uh, herecomethesequels at gmail.com. I think that is all the time we have for today, guys. Oh, I'm going to go right. ahead and uh, close out this podcast. I, I couldn't agree more. Guy, hey, thank you for listening. <laughs> Write in if you have any questions or comments. I'm Britton. I'm Tyler. I'm Joseph, and I love you all 3,000. And I'm Dark Phoenix. Oh, wait, I screwed it up! No! No! You let it in! You let it in! I'm Alex. (laughs) And you're all having a good night.